is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's not it. One more. Get it right. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. March 1st, ladies and gentlemen. It's the third month of the year, 2023. We are back. We are the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy. I need a haircut. Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. And ladies and gentlemen, you can check out all our shows throughout the week. They are live. They're not podcasts, but if you missed the live show, you can check out the podcast by going to Apple. Yes, Apple Radio and checking us out. All our shows, Game On, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network is on and off with all the shows, all the great shows uh, throughout the week, including the Sports Loudmouths, which airs every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. as you're on right now listening to us, and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Speedy Petey, what is up? Did you miss me? I did. I did miss Look you. Look at that. I feel I feel loved. Yes. I do. Yes, I hope you had a wonderful trip as well. I know you were in you were in Toronto for quite a while. Yes. Doing some snow. hockey stuff and uh snow. Ho- uh, hockey stuff came and good for snow. me and finally you know, so the jersey finally comes in. There, it looks beautiful. Yes. It, it looks beautiful. Errol's uh Christmas gift for me finally yes. came in two months later, about time. And, yes. Uh, very fitting as the New York Rangers got a new delivery of their own in uh Mr. Patrick Kane. And uh gotta got gotta say, uh, sports day yesterday was good for me. It's Two ways. Rangers get Patrick Cade and the Giants cut Kenny Galladay all in one day. So I mean, that's a wonderful day for you, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Well, I didn't get the chance to go and do what I wanted to do at the events uh. that were going to be held in Toronto for some of the hockey organizations we were going to uh, check out uh, because of snow. Uh, we had eight inches of snow on Wednesday of last week, and then we had another snowstorm Friday going into Saturday before we had to fly back into Long Island, New York. So, uh, yes, it wasn't one of those trips that, where it was beautiful sunshine, but, I mean, the weather, I still love the city of Toronto. Got, had a chance to check out some of the nice restaurants out there, Italian restaurants. I even... Had a chance to go to some of the Toronto bars out there and uh, had a a nice little time with some of the uh, sports fans out there. Uh, The Toronto fans are big hockey fans. They're also, believe it or not, very big football fans out there. So, um, so, and and you would have loved the beers over there. There were a lot of different beers, Mm -hmm. breweries over there. So, uh, uh, if nobody's ever been to Toronto, Toronto is a beautiful, beautiful city. City, I said city, but uh, great city. Really, really great city. Uh, enjoyed it immensely and uh, definitely want to go back. As a matter of fact, I might actually go back next month. So love this city. And it's a place that I definitely would li- like to live one way or another in the future. But uh, it, it's the, the summers I hear are beautiful. Montreal, we were going to drive to Montreal before the snowstorm. 
Uh, it was a five-hour drive from Toronto to Montreal, but never got a chance to uh, check out Montreal. And then we were actually going to go to Niagara, uh, Niagara Falls. It's Brittany's, over there, Brittany's yeah. never been there. I have been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with all the snow and the ice on the ground, I, it wasn't safe. And that's about two hours away from Toronto. But yeah. uh, it was good. We had a really, really good time. Enjoyed it. Uh, again, we didn't get a chance to do the events that I was going to the city for, but uh, again, it doesn't matter. We had a chance to uh, check out the beautiful city of Toronto. At 7.30, we'll be talking to former commanders and giants, a former linebacker, uh, LeVar Arrington. He'll be joining us. Finally, we'll have LeVar on the show. He's been dealing with a lot of stuff, uh, obviously with family, and then obviously some ex-NFL players uh, that he has been supporting for years. Um, obviously went to a funeral just recently. So mm-hmm. He also went to the Rose Bowl as well. Yes. Traveled all the way out to California. So we'll have LeVar on in just a few minutes. Uh, at, at 8 o'clock, we'll be talking to former athletics, Mets, and Giants catcher Bruce Maxwell, a friend of the show. Looking forward to having him on. Uh, he's had a really good season in Mexico and could have an opportunity to make one of these major league teams this year. So I'm sure he'll be... Uh, trying uh, to uh, make a team going into this season for the MLB. Uh, Patrick Kane gets traded to the New York Rangers. Not surprised, as I've been predicting this for the last couple of months, and he's heading off to New York uh, for the rest of the season and has a chance for a cup run, Uh, obviously not wanting to stay in Chicago. Uh, Timo Meyer traded to the Devils. Another guy that a lot of people thought was heading over there to New Jersey. Uh, they were the at one point the highest uh, the highest rated team to get him. So uh, he heads over there uh, to the Devils. NHL trade deadline moves will go over it. Manny Machado signs eleven year, three hundred and fifty million dollar contract with the Padres. So he is going nowhere. Nada. Uh, the Giants cut Kenny Galladay, as you heard Speedy say. So a lot of Giant fans are jumping for joy because Kenny Galladay, since the the acquisition uh, a couple of seasons ago by uh, your friend Gettleman, um, now gone uh, with Joe Shane's now running the organization, uh, save $6.7 million in cap space. Joe Douglas says Derek Carr uh, left a strong impression on the Jets. Um, as Woody Johnson will be going up to uh, the Combine to sit down with Derek Carr and his team. LeBron James will miss at least two weeks with a right foot injury. And the New York Knicks, one of the hottest teams right now in the NBA. Um, So if you're a Knicks fan, I am a Knicks fan, but I'm not blowing blowing it out of proportion yet because with the New York Knicks – you can never blow them out of proportion. And by the way, Julius Randle, who's having a fabulous season, maybe if he continues playing the way he does, uh, maybe the Knicks decide to move him in the offseason. That would be the smartest I, thing. I would hope so. As of right now, the Knicks are projected to play the Cleveland Cavaliers, where maybe they could shut down Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. Oh, how joyful, if you're a Knicks fan. Uh, you, if, if any Knicks fan wants to see the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round, uh, you guys are out of your damn minds. Because oh, no, oh, no, knowing the Knicks luck, Donovan Mitchell will get 40 points every game. <laughs> You're absolutely right. But, uh, again, with the New York Knicks, anything is possible. And and with the Knicks and, and the way the Knicks play year in and year out, especially in the second half of the season, they fall apart later in the season. So, who knows? They might fall to seven or eight and 
play Milwaukee in the first round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> More than likely. But we'll see. Uh, they, they did have a big win against the Celtics without Jalen Brown. They did beat, obviously, the Celtics when they went to Boston. Uh, a couple of months ago uh, when they did have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So uh, we will see moving forward now that the Knicks are getting healthy. Mitchell Robinson's healthy. And 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 believe it or not, Emmanuel quickly could win sixth man of the year. I, it's, actually, Josh was telling me, I don't think he's winning sixth six man of the year. But he's having a really good season off the bench. And the Knicks have had quality points off the bench. So uh, if you're a Knicks fan again, you should be very excited. We'll get into the Knicks a little bit later in the show. But... The story is the NHL trade deadline and the New York Rangers, as a lot of New York Rangers yesterday, throughout social media, had a smile on their face. Now, I don't know if you can smile about this, if you think that this is a good move for the New York Rangers. I'm sure you're going to holler as uh, you see Patrick Kane play on the Panarin line. That's something we have not seen since Chicago when they won uh, a Stanley Cup. But Panarin now is the leading scorer for the New York Rangers. He's the one of the leaders, not the leader, but one of the leaders for the New York Rangers. And adding a guy like Patrick Kane, it gives you a source of offense. That's what it gives you. A guy that has scored in the playoffs. He's one of the better goal scorers in the playoffs. He, I think in his career, he has 52 goals and 80 assists and 136 career playoff games and 70 points. uh, And 70 points, 30 goals, and 40 assists in the Blackhawks' three Stanley Cup run combined. So you're looking at a guy that can put the puck in the net and give you points uh, on the first or second line for the New York Rangers. You got one. And a guy that is consistent. Goes out there and plays 110%. You could put him on power play on the power play one. You could put him on power play two. You can even put him on the penalty kill, which we've seen Chicago do in the playoffs for for the last, uh, I would say, three or four seasons when they were up for a Stanley Cup. But right now, you look at the Rangers. The problem really has not been offense. The problems for the Rangers lie not between the goalpipes because Shesterkin is starting to play well. It's really their defense. Now, the Rangers have not played well in the last two weeks. They have not. Truba, who is the highest paid defenseman on this roster, their captain, has not played well. Adam Fox, he's a great offensive player. But even Adam Fox in the last two weeks has not played well defensively. This is a team that needs, as a team, to play team defense. It's not a one-man or two-man wrecking machine. If you want to win a Stanley Cup, the whole team needs to play at one. Or as one. We sit here today, and I know all you Ranger fans out there, you think because you landed Patrick Kane or Vladimir Tarasenko, oh, we're going to the Stanley Cup. We're winning the Cup. As as we know, our friend Moneyline West or World Wide West. He has put his ju- good juju on the Rangers. Oh, carried, how wonderful. He, he carried it to the Warriors. He carried it to the Chiefs and the uh, Toronto Argonauts in the CFL. Hopefully he can do the same for the New York Rangers. One of the big handicappers we have on our show on 103.9, uh, a great handicapper to be exact, has picked the Rangers to go to the Stanley Cup and win 
the Stanley Cup this year. Now, we did it last year with the Golden State Warriors. It was the Golden State Warriors. They were the favorites of winning the whole thing last year, but he picked them. He also picked the Kansas City Chiefs, which, by the way, he's a big Kansas City oh, yeah. Chief fan. Yeah. So uh, he won himself a lot of money. He, uh, you know, he's a, he, I think he had 43 props going into the Super Bowl and won them all. So this is a guy that's educated when it comes to betting on teams. But I am not going to bet on the Rangers going into the playoffs. Now, with the talent that they have in the first two lines, it's extremely impressive. It really is. Panarin and Kane and Tarasenko and Zabitijad and one and two and three and Kreider and everybody. They have a talented offensive team. No question. Guys that can put the puck in the net. But we have seen this before. Too much offense doesn't spell championship all the time. As a matter of fact, the Edmonton Oilers last year were one of the best offensive teams in the NHL. They arguably have the two best offensive players in the world. In McDavid and Dreisaitl. These two guys can put the puck in the net at will. And they still, even though they surprised the world with no goaltending to go to the Western Conference Finals against the Colorado Avalanche, they didn't stand a chance because they had no defense and no goaltending. Now, the Rangers are a better defensive team than the Edmonton Oilers. There's no question that they are. They're third right now in the NHL in team defense, which is great. But the regular season doesn't tell me anything about this team as a whole. You need to play team defense. That means the offensive players need to play defense. The defensive players have to play defense. And that's something the Rangers have proven year in and year out, even in the playoffs, that they can't do. The, Coyote, the Coyotes were also involved in a three-team tra trade and they receive a 2025 third-round pick from the Rangers. Kane has 16 goals and 29 assists on 182 shots on goal this season, scoring at an 8.8% shooting percentage. You look at what Kane can do offensively. There's no question he can take over a game. No question. And he's expecting he's expected to play tomorrow in his Rangers debut against the Ottawa Senators, which is tonight, I think. No, tomorrow. They're oh, playing it is the tomorrow. Flyers tonight. He's I'm sorry, not, he's not playing in this game. When you look at the picture right now for the New York Rangers, they're chasing Carolina. Are they better than Carolina was going? You know, before the trade deadline, no. Are they better than Carolina now after the trade deadline tomorrow? If Carolina doesn't make a move, I would say the Rangers are a better team. All-around better team. Carolina's had problems in the last couple of weeks putting puck in the net. They did that at the beginning of the season, too. They were one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference of scoring goals for the first two months. And there's a lot of things going on, especially in this trade deadline. There's a lot of big names. That have moved on from one team to another. And a lot of teams have, have gotten better. Toronto, I think, has made the most moves. 
probably the biggest moves. And a lot of people pick Toronto, and a lot of betting people, handicappers, are picking Toronto to go all the way. I don't know why, because Toronto hasn't... <laughs> They haven't gotten out of the, the first round of the playoffs in over 20 years. It's like you said before, if you, a team that's overloaded on offense, it, it doesn't always win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. If, if that was the case, Toronto would be a dynasty. I can't sit here today and think that the Rangers right now are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Because they're not. On paper, they can score at will. They can beat anybody. They can beat anybody on paper. But again, New Jersey made a move. They added Timo Meyer. And we'll get into that in just a few moments. Does that make them better, especially when Jack Hughes comes back? Jack Hughes, before he got hurt, was one of the hottest players in the NHL. MVP candidate. <laughs> As we expected him to be. We also expected Capococco to be that type of player. He hasn't become that. As the second pick in that first round. Right behind our friend Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes has developed under Lindy Ruff. And he's becoming the star that we thought he was going to be. When I spoke to John Van Beesburg about Jack Hughes, he told me that this kid is a born star. He will become the star that everybody believed he was going to be. As the American center that they thought he was going to be when he played for the junior United States team. And a guy that's going to lead United States hockey into the next 10 to 20, the next 10 to 15 years. But the hottest team and the best team in the NHL is the Boston Bruins. Not only do they have the hottest goalie and the best goalie in the NHL right now, they have a goalie that scored a goal. And right now, <laughs> I laugh because Olmark has more goals. than the Islanders did in the shootouts, okay, Yeah, the other day, okay? I just, as an Islander fan, and we'll get into the move that the Islanders made yesterday. Was it a big move? No, it adds a little bit of speed, but it's not the move that, you know, blows up in front of your face and says, hey, the Islanders are a cup contender. They did add Bo Horvat. They did sign Bo Horvat. Great. Pajot is not healthy. He could be out another couple of weeks. Barzell is still out. He might miss another week or so. And the Islanders, with all the games in hand, if you're an Islander fan, you, you cannot be happy about where the Islanders are. Being that they are in a, they're in a playoff spot, they have the number one wild card spot, but they also have 64 games that they've played, and the teams behind them in Pittsburgh, who has 60, has four games in hand, and Buffalo has 59, 59 games that they've played, has five games in hand. And both teams, Buffalo is only three, four points behind the Islanders, and Pittsburgh is only a point behind the Islanders. Now, they're lucky that Buffalo really hasn't done any move, big moves with the deadline, too, because they were another one that was... It's not rumored. over yet. They're it's still not Thursday. Over, but a lot of the big players have been traded now. They were ones that were in the huge for Chitron, who got traded to Ottawa. They were ones that were the second team, besides the Devils, that were in for Timo Meyer. They were the runner-up in terms of the fav- betting favorites to get him, and they struck out on him. And there's really again, no other like big, big ones left. So it would, they would have to get it in quantity or just get it in depth to be able to do it and hope if they do make the playoffs, that those guys could come through as underdogs. The Devils acquired Timo Meyer, like I said. The Devils, um, obviously, it was a nine-player trade, uh, which was is ridiculous. Crazy how much the Devils got. Um, 
Um, There's a nine-player trade. The Sharks receive a first and a second-round pick. Uh, The Sharks receive five total prospects, but none of them were higher than a uh, fifth-ranking of prospects of the New Jersey Devils farm system. The Devils' second-round pick in 2024 and will become a first-round pick if the Devils reach the Eastern Conference Finals. The same thing with Patrick Kane. If the Rangers, they, they, the Chicago Blackhawks received a second-round pick, if the Rangers make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, the, the Rangers would have to give a first-round draft pick in 2024 or 25's uh, first-round pick to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Devils did not re-sign Meyer, which they want to, which only puts them in a position in the offseason to lose him. And, it, and you sit here right now, he's he's a guy that wants a significant amount of money. He wants $6 million a year. Possibly seven. And who knows, does he want to play in New Jersey for the next four to five years? That I can't tell you, and and Timo Meyer probably would if he if he was traded to the Las Vegas Knights, he probably resigns with them right away. I don't know if he trusts that the Devils are a Stanley Cup contender every single year for the next couple of years. Now they have some good young players. They have a very good farm system. They have Hamilton over there, who's one of the better defensemen in the NHL, which they paid a lot of money to. Finally, a guy that worked out for the Devils. We know what Subban did not do for them. <laughs> Ed Wayne Simmons. <laughs> yes. Meyer has 31 goals and 21 assists this season on 255 shots on goal, scoring at a 12.2% shooting percentage. Meyer has had a 30 or more goal season three of his four full lengthy NHL seasons and has... 30 or more assists in two of those seasons. Meyer also was a very good hitter. In the last four seasons, he has over 100 hits. And had 75 hits in the COVID-shortened 56-game season as well. According to the athletic Pierre Lebrun, Mir would be eligible for a $10 million qualifying offer at minimum, giving the Devils control for a season and a half if they don't give him a long-term deal right away. So, obviously, the Devils right now are ahead of the Rangers. I think currently six points. Six points with one game at hand. The Devils have a chance to, to go into the playoffs as the second seed from the Metropolitan Division. And right now, I believe the Devils are... Even with the the Timo Meyer move, and even if Jack Hughes comes back and he's hot, I still think the Rangers, the moves that they made with Tarasenko and Patrick Kane makes them the better of the two teams. That doesn't mean the Rangers will beat them in the playoffs if they meet. And right now, if the season were to end, the Devils would play the Rangers in the first round. Mm -hmm. 
And it seems that way with the Rangers struggling as badly as they did before the Patrick Kane trade, too. I, I mentioned this on the weekend crunch, too. It almost looked like they were like looking ahead to the Patrick Kane trade. They were really playing effortless for a lot of those games, too. They started off really slow. The Flames game was the worst. They allowed two goals in less than a minute to start that game. Detroit game was even bad, was bad too. And it looked like they were just looking ahead. And that Washington game, a team that actively has been selling this deadline, they allowed six goals, too. Yeah, I, I think it's so very interesting to, to look at the season and where the season is falling now with a lot of these teams, especially in the Eastern Conference where they're so bunched together. All these teams are so bunched together. And, and that's what makes the playoffs and the playoff picture so interesting in the Eastern Conference. The Western Conference, you pretty much know who's making the playoffs. You know Dallas is making the playoffs. You know Minnesota and Colorado are making the playoffs. Vegas, Los Angeles, even though they traded Jonathan Quick, they should be there. They've been one of the more surprising teams in the NHL. Uh, they're going to make the playoffs. Seattle's played good uh, and played well. They're making the playoffs. The other teams, as, as much as I like Calgary going into the season, and Kadri and, and all the players that they've they they've lost and then added in the offseason, Calgary slowly but surely is starting to fall out of a playoff spot. It's really yeah. it's really Winnipeg and Edmonton are going to be fighting for those last two spots. Nashville, obviously, congratulations to our friend Barry Trotz, who will be taking over Nashville and the Nashville Predators at the end of the season. I expected Barry to get a job. Obviously, the story came out uh, in the last past week that he is heading to Nashville. So congratulations to Barry Trotz, one of the better coaches in, in the NHL. And to me, a big loss for the New York Islanders, mi- missing him this season with Lambert. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to Lambert. I know we're, right now the time of year is not going to be uh, on the New York Islanders, especially their coaching job. But if you're an Islander fan, you can't be hop- happy seeing Barry Trotz go to the Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. I was thinking he was going to go back to coach there, but it doesn't seem like he wants to coach anymore. He's in an executive position now, mm-hmm. kind of like what we saw with, in football with Bruce Arians stepping down from the Buccaneers coaching, but then took an executive job too. So maybe Barry Trotz is thinking that same kind of thing. I always thought he was going to go back to Nashville in some facet, so I'm not surprised. But still, Didn't I tell you he was going to take an executive job? You did. You did. I thought he was going back to Nashville to coach. I remember that at the time. when we were. When he, will he, eventually, he will eventually take the coaching job. I believe it. Okay. So, yeah, you think so you just take another year off coaching? I absolutely believe he, he will eventually take the coaching job from the Nashville Predators. He's going back to Nashville right now as an executive, as we, you know, as you said. But I think more by the end of this season or ne- beginning of next season or in the middle of the season, you're going to hear slowly but surely Barry Schatz take over as the head coach of the Nashville Predators. I believe it. Uh, the, o- the only reason why they would bring him in is because he is a great coach. And for him to sit there as an executive, it doesn't make any sense. He's a guy that has absolutely achieved everything he wanted as a head coach. And he's still fairly young. How old is Barry Trotz? 56? He's, I think, early 60s, I want to say. Is he? I think, check him, check it out. I think he's about 56, 57 years old. Barry Trotz could still... 60. He's 60. 60 okay. years, so somewhere could, in between what we thought. Okay. So, so Barry Trotz could still coach in the NHL. And I don't think he's going to stay away from coaching. He took an executive position, which I believe will form into a coaching job very, very soon. So if you're a Barry Trotz fan, and you should be, you can't blame Barry Trotz on deciding to part ways with Lou Lamorello and the New York Islanders. They both decided to part ways with one another. 
Uh, and, and to me, it's affected the New York Islanders this year fully in what the team has done and what the teams are as an organization right now. And, and in a state of flux because uh, they have not made any big moves since Bo Horvat. They added um, a, a player with speed, like I said. And we'll get into the trade deadline after our special guest uh, as the Boston Bruins made another trade. Uh, adding another good defenseman, uh, Dimitri Orloff, who I think is is one of the more underrated defensemen in the NHL. Uh, getting him and and obviously Garnett uh, Hathaway, uh, they're they're put in a very good position uh, to be a Stanley Cup contender and one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. And right now, have the hottest goaltender in the NHL. But when we come back, we'll get into. Some football, as we'll be talking to former Commanders and New York Giants linebacker LeVar Arrington here on the Sports Lab Mouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. Six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our stories. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including our show, the Sports Loudmouths, which airs every single uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. And you can check us out on 103.9 FM every single weekend for the Weekend Crunch on Saturdays on the LI News Radio Network. We've been trying to get this guy on the show for the last couple of weeks, but finally get his smile and his talent on the show. We are now talking to former commanders and Giants linebacker, LeVar Arrington. LeVar, what's up, man? Hello. How are you guys doing? You look good, man. You look healthy. Uh, you know, you don't look as thick as you were as a player when you played for Penn State and uh, when you were a star linebacker for the Commanders. How are you and your family doing, obviously, from the COVID situation and the health of your family over the last couple of years? Uh, well, you know, no one, no one has been void of being touched by the effects and the impact of COVID. But as, as far as the immediate family and, and the immediate health, we got through pretty well. We we did pretty well with it, and and still, you know, obviously, we're still dealing with uh, the effects of it and the impact of it. But you know, you just continue to move forward, and and you adapt and you adjust, like just like anything else, we we have to deal with in life, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and obviously, a, a player that you looked up to, a guy that. Uh, you were connected with over the years as an NFL player. Franco Harris passed away. Tell us a little, a little bit about your connection with Franco Harris, and maybe a story that you could tell us. Well, obviously he's a Penn Stater, but I'm a Pittsburgh Penn Stater, so I I am connected to Franco as as an alumni brethren, but also as a tremendously big fan of of Franco growing up in Pittsburgh. So. Funny story, true story. Uh, me and Brandon Short, my teammate at Penn State, uh, we we were playing in a, a hoop tournament, a three on three tournament, and it got pretty pretty intense, pretty competitive, and we started dunking really hard. We were ripping down rims, you know, because <laughs> three on three tournaments they hold them on like convention center center floors. They're like those those like movable, you know, like they're portable type of rims. So we were ripping down rims. And my first time meeting Franco, I guess Franco was the sponsor of the event. And he was like, you know, 
I'm not going to be able to have any more tournaments <laughs> if you guys keep ripping down my rims. <laughs> so that was my first um that was my first ever time meeting and interacting with with Franco who knew that many years later me and Brandon that played against each other and ripped down those rims uh would end up playing at at the alma mater of Franco Harris. Mm-hmm. So uh, you being a big Penn State guy, so what was the football culture really there like in uh, in Happy Valley, both when you were a player and now and and now like coming back as an alum? I know you said you were at the Rose Bowl as well when they yep. uh, um, when they played against Utah. So what has those experiences been like on and off the field? Man, I mean, I, I think the football culture at Penn State is it's a it's a community that loves its its football. It's a community that loves its sports. And, and I think that we've embraced the idea of being kind of like being in the center of the state. We're the, we're the college that represents Pennsylvania as a whole. We're, we're the holder of the key. And, and so to me, our, our culture has been positive. It's been strong. It's been tested. It's had its moments. Uh, but I think it continues to, to thrive and to grow after, you know, the, everything that set the, the program back. I think I think we're in a good place. I think James Franklin has done an amazing job. I, I look at the the hiring of Pat Kraft. I think he is is a awesome athletic director for for the job, and I think they're going in the right direction. They really want to build a champion there, and I feel like they're going in the right direction. So I, I think it's a great culture, and, and honestly, I think that it's a it's one that has continued to evolve and to grow. We are talking to former Commanders and Giants linebacker LeVar Arrington. It's so interesting, the preparation for the Combine. The Combine's coming up in the next week, and everybody is talking about some of these players, these linebackers, these defensive linemen, these offensive linemen, some of these quarterbacks that everybody keeps bragging about. Everybody's saying last year's draft was going to be weaker than this year's draft. Now everybody's saying, well, this week's, this year's draft, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Tell the, the fans a little bit about uh, pr- the preparation of getting ready for the the combine and the pro days. What is it like uh, going, you know, leaving college football and, and heading to the NFL? It's fun. <laughs> Some of it is stressful, and you can talk about the things that you know stress you out a little bit. But make no mistake about it; it's a lot of fun too. You know, you get an opportunity to prepare for the next level. I mean, it can be a little bit stressful in terms of wondering where you're going to end up or if you're going to even end up anywhere, if you got to do it through free agency. There's a lot of things to think about, but you still have completed a journey. And and I think while you're preparing for combines and pro days and and what that looks like taking you into your future, I think you got to really, really take a, a good look at what you've been able to accomplish. I mean, you're part of a very small percentage of people, so... To me, I think that for me, when I I was going through it, I was always trying to be the best. I'm sure that's how a lot of these guys are. They're trying to be the best. So there's going to be a lot of work. There's going to be a lot of preparation. And the most important thing really is just staying grounded, you know, not not losing yourself in in what the current, current situation calls for, which you'll have agents that are either already involved or, or trying to be involved. Um, you know, there's, there's new people, you pick up new people every day as, as you're getting closer to that goal. So, you know, you just got to try to maintain keeping things in the proper order and the proper uh, perspective as you move through the process, but they, they should enjoy it because 
I mean, it's one of the, you know, dopest, uh, you know, job interviews that you could possibly be a part of. Yeah. So what was the biggest, like, I guess, surprise you should say of your combine experience? And what is something that you think these new prospects in 2023 should be like aware of in terms of that whole draft process, not even just the combine itself? I just think you got to relax. I mean, I don't think there's any, there's no surprises. You know, you're not going to get caught like, okay, oh, I got, I got drug tested. Now, you know, you're going to get <laughs> drug tested. Oh, we got to do this type of testing. Uh, you knew that that was the type of testing you had to do. We have to do these type of interviews. You knew those, like everything that you have to know going into it, you're aware of it. So it's just preparation, you know, and I would just say, just maintain being yourself. What you did was good enough for you to get to where you are. If you need to improve in some categories, clearly, you know, you don't want to be out here street racing and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, but with all that being said, it, you know, being yourself has gotten you to this point and changing who you are now is it's, it's there's no reason to do it. You risk presenting yourself in the in an incorrect way. So just be yourself and but be prepared. You know, understanding that this is uh, indeed a job interview. Well, just don't, don't say the speed racing to guys like Ben Roethlisberger, who like oh. to speed race with his yeah. his nice little bike. But uh, thank yeah. God he's okay. As everybody knows, we are talking to former commanders and Giants linebacker LeVar Arrington. LeVar, what was it like having your name called in the first round as the second pick of the Washington Redskins? What was it like being called as as a top prospect uh, with all the years that you were over there in in Penn State and really putting up the numbers that you did in Penn State and then becoming one of those linebackers that were called in the top three? Yeah, I mean, it was empowering. I, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was the the, the completion of, of a chapter, uh, a promise that I kept to my parents that I would I would always work to be the best that I could be. And and they got they got a tangible reward. I think it was more about my mother and my father uh, in that moment than it really was even about for me. You know, I thought it would be more so about me. And I thought, you know, there might be tears or, I, you know, whatever it might be. But I was just ready to play when they when they called my name. I was like, all right, D.C., like this is what's <laughs> going to be like. Let's let's get right with it. And but but just felt really happy that something, you know, my father's a wounded warrior, you know, my mother's a missionary. She's given much of her life to, to helping uh, special education kids and not, not in special ed, like more so during the, the drug epidemic. So she was helping crack babies and all kinds of different things. She was really deep in the community and, and just what my mom, my mom and dad represented for them to have an opportunity to see success uh, personified through something that they were a part of was just that was probably what felt the best about the moment taking place. You were one of my, you know, favorite players coming out of college. I'm not a Penn State fan. I'm a Florida State fan, but I, right. I loved you. I, I I followed you in college, and uh, you were a lot of people compared your skills coming out of college to a player that played for the New York Giants, and you had the opportunity to play for the Giants for a little bit. 
and that was Lawrence Taylor. When you came out of college, people were comparing your skills and your ability, what you did in Penn State, to Lawrence Taylor. When when you look at your career, and and you've had you had a pretty good career. I mean, with some of the injuries, it really held you back. But what you did on the football field was still a three-time Pro Bowler, two-time second-team All-Pro player. You were a fantastic player. Uh, you just you had a lot of different injuries that really slowed you down uh, early in your career. What was it like putting up the numbers and doing the things that you wanted to do as an NFL player? Oh, that was a lot. Um, so, so let, let, let's, let's start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So when you play the way that I, I was able to play and was utilized the way I was utilized in college, it did draw those comparisons it is interesting because our games were vastly different. If you go back and you look at us, you know, he was more of a defensive end playing linebacker. Mm -hmm. I was more of a linebacker playing linebacker. You know, I was, I could pass rush, but true, true to my, my DNA, I was a, I was a backer. I actually was a middle linebacker for my entire high school career. So, a lot of people didn't realize that I went to weak side backer when I went to college. So a lot of the things that I was able to do was from sideline to sideline and we blitzed. So I think it drew a lot of comparisons to Lawrence Taylor because I was blitzing and I was getting to the quarterback. I was making very, very, um, very athletic plays. And I think that that's what kind of created the narrative that I was comparable to him. But, you know, LT could cover, LT could do it all, but to the to the to the true of heart, he was a pass rusher. Mm -hmm. Like LT was pass rushing, and I didn't do that very often in the league. You know what I mean? Like I literally was playing line, like I was more like a Carlton Banks, you know, and in the pros and how I was used. Uh, so it's like in college, I could see how I would be compared to him. Because I was impacting the games. LT was an impact player. I was impacting the games. But when I got to the pros, my 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 job description changed. You know, I was I was used as a strong side backer. And and when you're a strong side backer, you take on tight ends. So you're blocking, you're you're taking on a blocker, you're making contact the moment the ball is snapped. So it's not like you're reading, it's not like I'm moving as a pass rusher. Like, I'm setting the edge. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and a lot of these dudes is bigger than you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm out that bad boy first, first out, out the gate fighting for my <laughs> life. You know, I'm not using athleticism. I'm learning how to have hand-to-hand -hand combat. Mm -hmm. So, there's a lot to it. But, you know, all in all, I made three Pro Bowls under three different uh, defensive coordinators. Yes. Show me that in the history of, of of the NFL. How many how many players was a first? Like I was a first selection to the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a second team All Pro. You know, I had a different defensive coordinator for those three years, and then the year after that, I, I, that's when I injured my knee, and mm -hmm. it just kind of I just never really got back on on track. But no excuses. I love my career. Um, I was able to accomplish quite a bit and, you know, I have, I have no regrets. I mean, there's some things that I didn't like that took place obviously, but you know what? I have no regrets on, on what my pro career was.
So a lot has been made this year, especially of the debate of players the, on the grass fields versus the turf field. And you played on uh, natural grass field at FedEx field, um, which is one that's always had some issues with a lot of major injuries in the past too. So where do you stand on that whole debate? And also like the FedEx field in general, is that something that has to be renovated at this point? I mean, I haven't really paid too much attention to FedEx <laughs> field. I, I would assume They've been trying. I know they've been trying to get this deal passed to to build a new new stadium. I don't I don't know how that's going to play out. I've always been a proponent for natural natural grass, just because it can be you know just as much as people can say it can be detriment to people's health. I look like it. I look at it from the perspective of if it's handled correctly, if it's maintained correctly, it's actually safer. It's safest. You know, it's a natural, it's a natural uh, surface. You can make the surface fast, but the surface can be a little forgiving. So, so where you might need to be able to get your foot up out of the ground or whatever it may be, you know, you can do it. So I've always been a grass guy, but I also know that technology is changing. Um, People are trying to be more cost effective in how they do things. So you've come up with all of these different synthetic type of surfaces I don't know which one is the right one. I don't know which ones are the wrong ones. I'm so far removed from being on the surface. But I will say, if if you're seeing the data show that the same type of injuries are taking place <laughs> and you can relate it to the surface that they're playing on or the shoes that they're wearing or something that it may be, then you got to take a good look at it. We are talking to former Commanders and Giants linebacker LeVar Arrington. I grew up a big Clinton Portis fan, okay? I followed him when he played for the Broncos. Then he went over there to Washington. And and really, his pizzazz, his costumes, his hats, his crazy outfits. What was it like playing with Clinton Portis? Tell us a story that everybody can get the chance to understand the type of personality Clinton Portis was off the field. A story? I don't know about a story, but <laughs> CP, CP was a, a, a charismatic dude. He he was like he was like the little brother that would always keep keep everything exciting and keep it going. I mean, you know, he was he was he was he was a youthful soul, is what Clint Portis is. Like, didn't take things too seriously. Um, but you know, the one thing that I really enjoyed about CP was his work ethic. Like, dude came to work to work, and and that was one thing that that stood out to me was he wanted to be great. You know, he didn't he didn't just like rest on the laurels of, of anything else, any prior type of accomplishments. He always was he was trying to be as as, as good as he could be and, and was trying to, to win, which was something that sometimes could be kind of foreign at the point in time you get into to the league. So but CP was good, man. CP was good people. You know, he's one of them you boys, you know, it was three of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, it was uh, Santana and, mm-hmm. and Sean Taylor. They they all hung together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, it was that, you couldn't have picked a better three to have as teammates, I'll tell you that. Speaking of one of the best safeties, a lot of people don't know much about Sean Taylor. You had the opportunity to play with Sean Taylor. Tell us a little bit about the type of player he was. I think arguably one of the more – uh, untalked sung heroes of the Washington uh, Commanders, A.K. Redskins of the time when you played. What type of player was Sean um, Sean Taylor? 
Yeah, I don't know that he was unsung. <laughs> he was, I know, just people, he young was a people bad don't know boy. who he is. They, they, everybody knew what what Sean Taylor was. Mm. So I don't think he was un, un, unsung or, or mm. un, underrated or mm. underappreciated. I, I think that when you look back on the type of player he was, it just, it, it, it broke the mold. Mm. It, there, you know, there were guys like I'd say like a Steve Atwater, you know, is a big safety, like big thumper, you know, Mel Blunt mm. broke the mold at cornerback for size, right? Mel Blunt's probably same size as Sean Taylor mm. was. But when you talk about pure athleticism and range, um, I didn't, I've never seen anything like it, you know, and that's, that's kind of, I think that's what set him apart from anyone that that you could probably kind of compare him to. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he didn't play long enough for it to to solidify itself. But my gosh, the the potential that that you saw that that was there that could have been or should have been, you know, that is it was unbelievable. You know, it was unbelievable to see. You know, and sometimes it's hard to appreciate how crazy it is when you're when you're in it. I mean, I had a lot going on when when Sean got there. Um, so I didn't even really get to appreciate it until I was out of it, mm. until I was removed from Washington to just kind of just watching. And it wasn't for long, but he was a special dude. So we actually had two of your teammates in Washington on the, on our show yes, recently, just uh, three months ago. Uh, Fred Smoot, a funny guy, great personality, <laughs> uh, drove Errol crazy a little bit. At yes, some he point, did. So. He attacked me, but I love him. He so, loved me. Yeah, so. both him and also uh, John Jansen, who mm-hmm. actually does a lot yeah. of work now with Michigan. Uh, he is one of their analysts, uh, broadcasters as well, too, who you played with. Another funny guy as well. Both speak <laughs> very very highly of you. So uh, what were they like Good as teammates, dudes. both on and off the field? Uh, they're both the same way that, that they, they are, you know, Fred Smoot is, is a very, very boisterous, big personality. John Jansen has a very stoic, like your dad type of, of vibe to him. You know, that's there, that's who they were as players. You know, funny story about, uh, John, he's a Michigan guy. I'm a Penn Stater. I want to first training camps. It was how me and him got so close we would always end up being ready to fight. Like, <laughs> and I can remember one practice, the practice ended and he grabbed my face mask. So I grabbed his face mask. So we're grabbing each other's face mask. Everybody is like taking a knee. The coach is down there waiting to talk. And we're just still, you know, grabbing <laughs> our face mask, grabbing our face mask. Meeting takes place. Coach breaks us for, for the practice. We're still holding our face mask. We're still on face mask. Nobody wanted to let go of the other one's face mask. And it was basically that inner inner squad rivalry and that, that competitive nature. Nobody wanted to be in between the two of us, wanted to be outdone. <laughs> and that was like the foundational piece of me and John Jansen's relationship. Like we challenged each other to be the best that we could be, both, both on and off the field. 
Oh, he has some personality, let me tell you. Yeah. So I could see that. He's a that. cool dude. He's a yeah. really cool dude. He, he was throwing his hat <laughs> in to be the, the head coach of the Detroit Lions at the time, uh, right after Jeff Saturday got hired. So he might have been the optimistic. He might have been the uh, positive spark the Lions needed because the Lions went on a big winning streak after that and almost made the playoffs. Right. <laughs> he, he's, been, he's been trying to push himself to be the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, but we're no. rooting for him. And, and I told him if he ever gets a chance, Speedy will be his defensive coordinator. I'll be his offensive coordinator. And there we go. That came up. must have heard of him. It got a spark from it because the Lions, I think, won like all but one game at the end of the year after that. Who are those guys? Right. <laughs> we are talking right. to former commanders and Giants linebacker LeVar Arrington. Okay. So you had a chance to go to New York. You were one year away from winning a Super Bowl, okay? Uh, but you had the chance to play for Tom Coughlin. You had a chance to see Eli Manning. What was it like playing for the New York Giants in 2006? Oh, it was pretty cool. You know, you, you get to see Michael Strahan, you know, knowing he was a legend, which, I mean, I played against these dudes every year, too. So it was kind of – I was familiar, but being in the locker room with them was definitely different. Um, it was nice. The environment was a, a professional environment. You could tell it was an environment that was situated for guys to thrive, which I really enjoyed that. I just hate that. You know, I had that injury take place with my Achilles mm -hmm. tendon and cut my, my season short. Then after that, I was just telling coach Coughlin, you know, I'll come back and try, but I'm in pain. And, you know, they, they gave me the, the, you know, the grace of, of releasing me from the team didn't, you know, want anything back. They treated me first class in New York, man. I, I, I tell you, you know, some people have mixed um, bad feelings about Tom Coughlin, man. I thought he was a stand-up dude. thought he was a man of his word. I thought he was a, a man of about his family. You know, he was about his business and, and he was fair. You know, and, and that's that's really all you can really ask for when when you meet somebody that that you're working with and working for. So I, I had a great experience in, in in New York. I thought the players, you know, my teammates were were awesome. They they were, you know, first class. The city was pretty dope. You know, it was just it was a great it was a great experience. I hate that it, it ended short. I would have had two Super Bowls if I'd have made it through my contract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about that. I'd have had two two Super Bowls. So if you think about it, I might have regained form. I might have gave you my, maybe one more Pro Bowl. I might have gave you all at least maybe one more All Pro. So if I'm a four time Pro Bowler, you know, three time, you know, All Pro, two time Super Bowl champ. Mm hmm. Yes, you know what I mean? maybe a Hall of it, Famer. There you it go. Could be a, it could have it could have <laughs> possibly been a call. So, but you know, life is such, and I, I at least know that I chose the right organization. Right, mm -hmm. like you don't get to choose if you're good enough in in college, but you get to choose if if you you know have an opportunity to become a free agent. So, I was able to choose choose New York. They chose me, and it it was. I wish I could have gave them more. You know, but. It is what it is. So you play your entire career in the NFC East, obviously the one year with the Giants and then with the, with the Washington at the time. So everyone talks about the NFC East as that intense bloodbath type division. So what was that rivalry end of it like both on and off the field? And was there any moment that stood out to you in a particular game that was like, okay, yeah, this is an intense moment. On the yeah. Um, I think the first time I played against Dallas and Dallas, 
Larry Allen ran into my chest <laughs> and the sweat jumped <laughs> off of my jersey. The game hadn't even got going good yet. <laughs> so wherever those sweat particles were, he 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 knocked them out from the depths of the sole of my jersey. And I couldn't breathe for like maybe a second or so. It was like <gasps> <laughs> And then I realized like this for real. You know, this is this is this whole Dallas thing, this is for real. And I want to say that's the game. I knocked out Troy Aikman. <laughs> like, woke me up. That man hit me so hard. Woke me up. And I was up. I think I was up the rest of my career. Like, I wouldn't sleep the rest of the way. It was definitely physical in the, in the NFC East back then. The, the game of football was a lot more physical back then. Um, so, it, you know, but I, I think not only the NFC East, but I just think the NFL in general has has continued to evolve, and it's definitely a much more finesse-driven game. And I'm not saying that as a detracting statement. I think that the athletic ability and the prowess of these guys are continuing to, to, to go up. So you're seeing finely-tuned athletes do finely-tuned things on the football field. So, you know... While I would love for it to maintain being more physical, I still look at it and find the entertainment value in how they're playing in today's game, too. We are talking to former Commanders and Giants linebacker LeVar Arrington. Last question for me, LeVar. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, who, was your, who was your favorite player to play with on, uh, in your whole career as a seven-year uh, NFL player or maybe college player, a college team, Penn State? And who was the team you loved to hate when you played them in the NFL? Brandon Short, all time, is my favorite teammate. Easily, hands down. Cap, that's my dude. Um, one of the dopest dudes I've ever known. And just learned so much from him and enjoyed um, our our time together. It was like the best, the greatest time in my life when I played with him. Um, Team, team. Did you say team or person? That, team. That I, Who was the the team that you hated the most when you played them? Dallas. <laughs> no, yeah. I was waiting for you to say it. Every single NFC East uh, person we, uh, any player that we interviewed from the NFC East, as long as they weren't a cowboy, they all said they hated Dallas more than any. And why? Why did you hate him so much? Well, our our robbery was legit, though. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like you could say the Giants or the Eagles said Dallas, but not nah, like right. ours was legit. Cowboys and you know the you Washington, know, the, yeah. All right, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't even play for the Commanders. Y'all got to say that, but I played <laughs> for the Cowboys Redskins. and the Redskins. You know what yeah. I mean? All right, there you go. So, so for me, you know, that was the true rivalry. It was coming to an end. It was it was coming to a dramatic end, uh, closing. But it, nonetheless, that was still the right. That was one of the rivalries in the league. That mm -hmm. just wasn't a rivalry for our teams. That was a like that was a historical rivalry. So it was definitely Dallas. How bad are the fans over there? Because uh, there, there's a lot <laughs> of people. Not that bad. No, you know, the 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 Eagles fans were the ones that were <laughs> the, the wildest fans ever, man. 
<laughs> they were wild stuff they was doing. It's funny because we've had we, we, I was talking about Fred Smooter when we had him on the show and he was taking shots at the Eagles fans, all the crazy things. And, they were and doing then we had there. and we've had Brandon Jacobs that on was, the show. I was going to do next, and then we had Brandon yeah. Jacobs who said he loved the Philly fans but couldn't stand the Dallas fans. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> Philly fans was always the worst. Yeah. I mean, they got a jail. They got jail cells. They got holding cells in the in the, in the stadium. Like, come on, yeah. man. Wow. They know they get it in. No, oh, they definitely do, especially when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, they're the only uh, fans out there that would, uh, you know, go on the streets and eat, you know, horse crap. So uh, when you see a fan do that, uh, I mean, you know they're a little crazy. So They were climbing. They were climbing uh, everything in Arizona, too, even before the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, they had to grease everything up. <laughs> They had to keep their tradition going. Up. I don't understand that, man. Why they? Why they so into climbing, man? Like, like we're winning. Let's go climb. Weird. Suicide, man. That's that's what they like to do. They, like they to have to find suicide. a new way to to make it seem like okay. Just when you thought that you know, we're not going to be the craziest fan guys, we'll go back to being the hooligans that they that, that those were those intercity Eagles fans. Oh, man. I know a lot of Eagles fans like growing up in oh. Connecticut that weren't they were not they even say they, they even say that the inner city Philly fans are just so crazy with the stuff they do. Man, I tell you what, Eagles fans. <laughs> but I, yeah, Eagles fans. <laughs> I got I got some stories, but it's not even appropriate. Yeah, that's how that Eagles sounds like a good accurate description of Eagles fans. I'm a Jet fan, yeah. as you can see right here. I and, saw the hat. Yeah, I saw the hat. Uh, and, and as yeah. a Jet fan, I had the opportunity to go to a couple of Philadelphia Eagle games. And I grew up a Jet fan, and my second favorite team was the Eagles because I was a huge Donovan McNabb fan. I, okay. I followed him in Syracuse. I actually had the opportunity at the Super Bowl to sit down and have a conversation with him. And uh, nice. he was surprised about how much I knew about him uh, as a player. And, and Donovan was, you know, when he tells me about the fans and how much he loved the fans and how they support him, even though, uh, you know, at the end of his career uh, on Philadelphia, uh, they booed him at some point. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but he is one of the most loved and beloved players in Eagles history. So uh, very no well doubt. respected. And uh, just like you, LeVar, a lot, everybody we have spoken to that know you personally say that you're a good guy uh, and, and a guy that has worked really, really hard to get where he is today. So we really appreciate you, man. I know you've been appreciate very, very you busy. Guys having me on. Absolutely. Sorry we took Absolutely. so long, man. Stop, man. But we'll we get, finally made it. Yeah, yeah, we'll get you on again. Maybe maybe Sounds before good. the season we'll talk a little Washington football. I, I, I see you, you know, in, in your career you did some broadcasting, so – I'm working a little bit. Yeah, there you go, man. Trying to maximize my my opportunities, you know. <laughs> you look good, man. You look healthy. Thank you. Thank you. You're looking it. good. You good shape. So not too bad. No, I appreciate it. And by, by the way, what is Big Eleven behind you? Well, that's the Big Ten, and then that's 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 my Hall of Fame band. Oh, there it is. So, oh, oh nice. really? That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a Hall of Fame band. That's beautiful, man. But thank uh, you, sir. Thank you. You look good, man. Keep up the good work. Say hello to Back the fam. Thank you guys, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. And we'll talk to you soon, bud. Take care. LeVar Arrington, former commander and giant. Fantastic personality. Oh, yeah. Good man. He really is a good man. Uh, and and had good stories. And uh, Great stories. You know, I, I brought up Ben Roethlisberger, and I forgot <laughs> that he was in a motor. He was also in a motorcycle a uh, uh, accident as well, mm -hmm. which I read during – the interview. So, uh, you know, I'm sure LeVar didn't find that to be very, very funny. But uh, but uh, LeVar is a good guy, man. 
great, great. Oh, he's guy. fantastic. He really, really is a great guy. But uh, and as as everybody knows, uh, we really appreciate the time that he gave us. He gave us a half an hour, and that for a guy that's very, very busy, as you heard him say, um, he gave us the time and the energy that he he gave us for a thirty minute conversation. So thank you to Lavar Arrington, former commander and giant. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will be talking to former athletic Met. And Giants catcher, our friend, Bruce Maxwell, here on the Sports Lab Mounts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mounts. Huh. Huh. That's right. I know Bruce likes this. Dig it. Dig it. Dig it. 631. 672-3108 is the number to call. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, our stories, everything. Go to the website. Check us out the listings as all the shows are listed on our show's uh, you know, profile. And check out the Sports Loudmouths, which airs every single Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Shout out to LeVar Arrington he has, as he gives us a great interview. And another guy uh, that we, we've had on the show quite a few times. Great personality. Hopefully looking uh, to get a chance to get his next shot in the MLB. We are now talking to former Athletics, Mets, and Giants catcher Bruce Maxwell. Bruce, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? How's everybody doing this evening? Oh, we are good, man. I, I hear a little wind back there, but we're happy to have you on. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, spring training. How are you feeling, man? How are you and your family doing? Uh, everybody's doing well, man. I've uh, been, a, been a long year of playing ball, and uh, just right now I'm actually – um, on my way home from being out of the country for a few days. <laughs> so if you hear any a little bit of wind or anything, it's just me in the car. Well, we're, we're just happy to have you on. I know you're a busy guy. Um, so uh, I, I'm very, very happy that you had a chance to join us. No, I appreciate the invite, man. I, like We've had to reschedule a few times, and I apologize. Oh, man. stop. It's, stop, you know, man. We've been, we've been, we've been everywhere. Well, you, you won a championship in your in your Mexican league. We can't fault you for that. Congratulations on that. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's like, you know, my first question is that run that you had with the with your winter league baseball team in Mexico. What were some of your favorite moments from that championship run, both you and uh, both yourself individually and your, with your team? Uh, I mean, honestly, we we started the league. We started the season off slow. Everybody was kind of getting to know each other a little bit and. Once that second half rolled around and the playoffs kicked off, man, everybody was working as one. Um, you know, we, we had a numerous walk-offs at home, which were awesome. Um, you know, my, my favorite moment was uh, in the first series of the, uh, the playoffs. I had a uh, go-ahead homer, big homer in the ninth inning um, uh, on the road uh, on top of that. And so it was just overall, man, the best moment was winning. You know, it's, it's, it's my second championship in Mexico, uh, two different leagues, two different championships. Um, but, you know, it's always the same feeling when you win. You know, everything, all the grind and, and the struggles and the, the, the long nights and everything, all of it's worth it when you're holding that championship trophy up. 
We are talking to former athletics Mets and Giants catcher Bruce Maxwell. You're 32, Bruce. You had the last time you had a chance in in, in spring training was with the Mets. Uh, have you heard any bells in the last couple of days for a major league team that might be interested in having a catcher uh, that has power now? I mean, you you've always had power, but you're putting up some power numbers this year. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, I, you know, at this moment in time, I haven't heard anything. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm just going about my business as normal. If you know the call comes in, uh, the call comes in. You know, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm preparing for whatever comes my way here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so you being somebody that uh, was around minor league baseball a lot in 2019-20 through, through 2021 in major league systems, we've seen now that the minor league uh, baseball players and the executives have filed a lawsuit against the way Major League Baseball has been treating you. Mm-hmm. So, so what was it like being in the, that minor leagues and were the conditions as tough as a lot of people made it out to be and what was it like? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was honestly tougher than what it was made out to be. Um, I was one of the fortunate few that had a nice size signing bonus, so it was able to help me out a lot. But, you know, I was playing with a lot of guys that got signed for, you know, five grand and a plane ticket. Wow. Um, I, got, I found, a, you know, it's, it's a tough situation, man, especially when you play in uh, nicer cities, especially when you get to higher levels, double A, triple A. You play in nicer cities, man. The rent goes up. Um, you can't always drive there, you know, for the season. And, you know, it's 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 a very poor um, situation. I mean, it, it really what, – what's always been told to me is the minor leagues for baseball really sets aside the people who really love the game and who, who don't. Uh, because even when you get to AAA, you know, you're still making below minimum wage – and it's a grind, man. It, it's it's really it really tests almost every part of resilience and love you have for the game of baseball to be great. It it really does. Um, it, it, there there are tough situations, tough places to be. You got you know four or five guys living in an apartment. Um, even in 2021, uh, when I was in Double uh, A with the Giants, one of the teams that were about to come play us, uh, they said that they had six seven dudes living out of their cars because they weren't getting paid enough and the rent in the city that they lived in was too expensive. I mean, it's a, it's a very, 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 very rough uh, minor league system, especially when you don't get uh, blessed with a nice sign-in bonus. Bruce, with some of the new rules that the Major League has brought this year with the no shifting, which I love, I'm one of the guys that have been pushing it. It's going to open up some offense for a lot of these players that have had problems, especially left-handed hitters. And also, uh, when you look at, obviously, the pitch clock, you've played it. You've had the opportunity to see what what it's like to be in the box with a pitch clock. Uh, A lot of players don't like it. It's it's, Some people... uh, have said that this has affected them in spring training. Tell us a little bit about the new rules, and do you like the new rules in the MLB? The shifting thing, the game that we play is about a game of adjustments. Um, we're also talking about the best, you know, the best 25 guys in the world on each team. I feel like if if you're not able to, to uh, um, adjust to a shift when it comes to the way you play or whatever, then I feel like that's a personal problem. I don't think it's a baseball problem. Um, at the end of the day, that's that's the manager and the coach's job to put you in the best situation to win. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. I don't I don't disagree, nor do I agree with that decision. 
um, with the shifting. But uh, the pitch clock to me, I feel like they're just trying to find things that they can actually implement just to try and speed up the game. At the end of the day, it's not going to make a difference because if if you still have the commercial breaks, if you still have um, pitching changes, if you still have all these other things that go on in the game of baseball, the game's not going to get any quicker. Um, because at the end of the day, just like anything else, we're going to find a way around it for it not to affect what we do, whether it be catching the ball off the mound, walking around the back of the mound, and then getting back on the mound and the time starts, or, or whatever have you. Like We're going to figure out a way to make it feel like it's not even there. So I think it's pointless. I think you know people complain about the sport dying and all these things, but I mean it also revolves around money. Like if they took out all the commercial breaks and they took out, you know, all the pitching changes or they limited pitching changes throughout a game and starting pitchers were, were forced to go further in games and this, that, and the other, then, yeah, maybe the game will get a little quicker. But you're also talking about the best players in the world playing against each other. That's like that's like trying to speed up a football game. Right? <laughs> like it's just some things you can't really mess with, and it has nothing to do with the, the attendance in the stands either. So you would talk about it from the pitch clock, especially as for people talk about it from the perspective of the pitcher, like having to change everything. But what about you as a catcher? Like, what are the things that you've had to adjust since you've in the minor leagues since you've started using the pitch clock? Because that's where it seems to be experimented with a lot with your signals and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I didn't really have to adjust too much. We had to simplify signs, especially with runners on base. That way, if you know, if my pitcher didn't. Uh, quote unquote like a sign too much then I, I needed a quicker way to to get him to the pitch that he liked uh, which sometimes it takes away the creativity of, of hiding or disguising your signs from, from the other team um, I feel like there's a lot of pitchers out there that it takes them a little longer to come set or a little longer to go through their rhythm which I mean I don't feel like you should be penalizing, for the, penalizing them for that because that's how they pitch um, I personally didn't like it. Um, when I was in the minors and they had that clock, uh, I had guys that would, instead of, because the rule then, I don't, I don't know the specifics of it now, but the rule then was when the pit, the pitcher had the ball and stepped on the mound, the clock started. So I had a lot of guys that had longer windups or took a little longer to get ready. I would, they would come all the way off the mound to catch the ball and they would literally walk off to the side of the mound, do their little pre-thing that they do on the mound normally. They stepped on the mound, they were ready to go. <laughs> so it really didn't change a whole hell of a lot, but it was like, you know, like I said, we're going to find a way around it. We are talking to former Athletics, Mets, and Giants catcher Bruce Maxwell. Bruce, we've had you on the show a couple of times, but uh, there's a nickname that I've been wanting to ask you why they call you this. Where do you get the name Baby Prince? Well, I'm, I'm looking on social media for the last <laughs> couple of weeks, and I'm like, well, why do they call him Baby Prince? So wh where did this nickname come from, and, and why do they call you Baby Prince? All right, so in 2016, um, I was in spring training with the A's, and Chris Davis, uh, the, the left fielder Chris Davis, mm -hmm. he was with us. That was his first year with us, and at the time, I had a, with my batting stance, I had a toe tap like Prince Fielder. <laughs> and so, the, and I'm left-handed, I'm a big guy. And so one day in batting practice, 
Uh, I was in Chris Davis's BP group, and he was like, dang, baby Prince. Like, <laughs> I like what I'm seeing. Like, da da da, da. And, and then it just kind of stuck with me. And so every time, every day in spring training, that's what he would call me, and then other people started calling me that. And so in 2016, when I got to the big leagues and we had our nickname weekend, um, <laughs> that was really the only nickname people have given me, and it just kind of stuck around. Um it stuck around with me. And so ever since then, I haven't, you know, ever since I played with Chris, I haven't been called that. And I also no longer have my, my toe tap. Uh, but in that time frame, that's where that came from. Well, you should have came out to 1999, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been very creative. Walk-up music is very key. So, uh, so since the last time we had you on the show back in April, is there any stories uh, off the field, funny stories within uh when you were living in Mexico, playing in Mexico, off the field that are good. I know we had a lot of good food stories the last time we had you. Mm-hmm. So. Um, off the field stories in Mexico. Yep. Um, I mean, <laughs> this. I mean, this winter we were playing in the playoffs, and uh, my city that I played in, in Los Mochis, uh, we're about two hours away from Culiacan, and uh, we were actually actively playing in the playoffs where. Um, the, the Marines came in and got El Chapo's son in Culiacan. Mm, wow. And so, and so my, my, my wife was down there with me. Luckily, we were in another, another state playing. Uh, but the whole state of Sinaloa, which includes, it's like six, seven hours from top to bottom to the state of Sinaloa, if you go north to south. So the whole state of Sinaloa was shut down because the cartel had burned vehicles and, and blocked the entries and the exits of each city. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. It was, and we were two and a half hours away from our home city. That was probably the most, honestly, the most terrifying and yet interesting thing that happened in Mexico this year off the field. Um, everything else went kind of smoothly. We are talking to former Athletics Mets and Giants catcher Bruce Maxwell. Bruce... Who's your favorite this year? Who do you who do you see going to the World Series this year? I know it's early. I know spring training, but you've seen some of the acquisitions uh, some of these teams have made. The Yankees made for Rodon, and 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 the Mets made some, and then the Dodgers made some, and then Philadelphia made some. Who are your picks? I know it's early, but if you were to choose two teams from the National League and the American League, who do you got? Um. In the National League, I got the Dodgers and the Padres. Mm. Um, I, I think, me personally, I think the Dodgers are just. You, I don't. I don't feel like, especially in the NL, I don't feel like you can bet. I, I think I don't think you can bet against them mm-hmm. uh, ever. I don't. I don't think it doesn't matter what kind of lineup they put out there. They compete. They're dogs, and at the end of the day, they show up when it matters, which is all the time. And so um, the Padres. I, I mean, me personally. I feel like with the extension with Machado and just the whole group of guys that they have moving Tatis to to the outfield, and, um, and I, I feel like they are, they're going to make a solid, solid run, even stronger than they did um, a few seasons back. And and so I, I don't think you can count either of those two out. Um, in the AL, man, uh, clearly you got the Yankees because uh, at the end of the day, they, they've got, I mean, they got the, the salary cap, but also, I mean, they got guys. And as long I think as long as their pitching staff stays healthy, 
Um, I think they have a very, very solid chance of making it to the World Series. And um, honestly, other other than that, I, I oh, actually, yeah, actually. Um, go ahead, the, say uh, it. <laughs> uh, God, I'm, I'm drawing The Astros. Here, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, the uh, oh. I think the Phillies might make their way back there, too. Whoa. Ooh. National League. All right. I like that. Yeah. And I, I, so I only have the Yankees and the AL, but, like, the NL – the NL is moving around. I feel like the NL as a whole is getting stronger. And um, at the end of the day, I, I feel like you got those three teams right there that are really going to make a push for the World Series. I love you even more, okay? I, as everybody knows, I'm a Yankee fan. And when you hear Bruce Maxwell say, I got the Yankees and only the Yankees in the American League, that puts a smile on my face. He used to play in Oakland. <laughs> he, can't, he can't give the Astros that much credit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe Bruce was uh, in the early stages of investigating of how they were cheating. <laughs> so I mean, you got you got oh, some you got some sleepers out there too, man. Yes. I think Texas is gonna. I think Texas is Ooh. gonna be a lot Ooh. better than people expect them to be this year. Um, I mean, I, I feel like um, the Braves. Obviously, they're not a sleeper, but I think the Braves are still pretty pretty damn strong, in my opinion. Um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams that, that are kind of underrated, but at the end of the day, like, they're still going to make pushes. Um, obviously, you know, the Astros, that that's a given. I mean, they just won, but they don't ever quit. Dude, they're, a scrap, they're as scrappy as scrappy gets uh, when it comes to postseason baseball. So, I mean, I, I feel like it's a it's a big toss-up, but I still have a I'm, – I'm still favoriting the Yankees on this one. Well, go ahead. Spank the Mets. Spank the Mets. How bad do you think the Mets are going to be this year? <laughs> um, I, I mean, on, honestly, I haven't been keeping up. Um, I, I really haven't. I don't think they're going to be bad by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they took a big hit losing to Grom, mm-hmm. um, to, be, to be honest with you, and – and I have no idea. I like I said, I've been. I don't really. They added Verlander. Got him, and they lost to Grom. I mean, that would have been a good addition of, of having him with the Grom. Um, but um, at the same time, I haven't been doing too much digging into that. Of course. Um, I they I think they're going to compete, but I don't. I don't think they. I don't. If they get to the playoffs, I don't think they get past the first round. Boom. Interesting. So my question is, I know you played for the Mets briefly in, in their minor league system and right around when Steve Cohen bought the team, too. And then you also play for the Athletics, who pride themselves on their money ball philosophy, very analytical. So a lot has been made of, like, p- players and fans complaining about how these big market owners have ruined the teams. But at the same time, there's also teams like the Athletics who do that money ball approach and barely have any payroll. So where do you stand on that? And what do you think is the best way to improve it where there could be a, maybe there's some kind of balance? Um, I, I mean, me personally, I think people just, I think people say that because for a very long time, it was the same teams being able to spend that type of money. And so you, the, you know, you've always had the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers, uh, the Giants, they've always had that payroll that was significantly higher than almost the rest of the league. And now I feel like people are starting to kind of sort of even out when it comes to the, the, the money coming into their pro their their organizations and i think people just say that man because at the end of the day they're just like oh you know all they see is the number they don't they don't understand the fact that you're you have to build these teams around franchise players and if you're going to grab you know a carlos correa a manny machado a mookie betts this that, and the other those guys are literally the best at what they do in the entire world and they have been and they will continue to be 
And so it's like you have to pay for talent, but they have problems when they sign extensions or they have problems when they go to a different team and, and make a lot of money. Like, you got to understand, man, like if you want those type of guys on your in your lineup, you got to pay them their the money, their value. You have to pay them what they're worth. And so, um, and, and you know, at the end of the day, I was we were talking about this the other day. At the end of the day, if, you, if you're trying to underpay people, they're either A, not going to want to play for you, or B, they're not going to want to go out and work as hard. They're not going to want to be great. They're not going to they're not going to uh, want to perform for you because they're going to be outperforming their pay. And so it just comes down to it. If you want the best, you got to go pay by pay it like they're the best. And at the end of the day, I think Cohen's doing a, fan, a fantastic job in in New York. Um, you know, paying for players, locking up franchise guys, and and really trying to build an organization that that's about winning for for years to come. Well, you have uh, Speedy smiling as his. I like team. your optimism. <laughs> <laughs> it's still the Mets. They still have to manage injuries, unfortunately. <laughs> if everyone could just stay healthy, that would be great. They have but the, the worst Mets... training staff. <laughs> exactly. See, but the, the thing is, they fired their training staff, and they still have the issues. Be, they're going to be strong if everybody stays healthy. Well, we'll see, and we really appreciate your time, Bruce. I know you're. You're driving home, and uh, I understand you've been very, very busy. You're winning a championship, and we're rooting for you, man. I would love to see you in the major leagues again. Uh, you're still fairly young. You're 32 years old, and uh, there are quite a few teams that need a catcher, a.k.a. the Yankees needed one. They had Trevino. They made the trade last year. They should have brought you in. I, I mean, there's quite a few teams looking for a catcher, and with the power that you added to your uh, your swing, I, I think there could be a good chance that you're going to get a call very, very soon. Uh, we really appreciate your time, as always, man, and keep up the good work. I appreciate the optimism and the positive vibes, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. I'm finally glad I, I, I got some time to sit down and have these conversations. I always appreciate the invite and the hospitality that you guys bring. Oh, come Absolutely. on, man. Tell, say hello to your little lady over there, too, man. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, she, can, she can hear you. <laughs> oh, nice. I remember her last time. She, she loved our, our little comedy, but uh, uh, you're a great guy, man. And, again, uh, a fan. Uh, we're a fan of yours, and, and the fact that you come on our show and give us the time, we just really, really appreciate it. So keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks, man. You guys have a good evening, all right? Thank Absolutely. You. Bruce, a.k.a. Prince, well, baby Prince. Baby Prince. Baby Prince Maxwell. Now okay. We, now we have the origin story. There you go. We have the baby Prince. Uh, we love him. We, he's a great guy. He oh, really yeah. is. And uh, and I, I really hope he gets an opportunity in the majors again. It's not easy getting back there, but he's still young. He added some power to his swing, wins another championship in the Mexico League. I mean, come on, man. Where, where are you out there? Where are all the GMs out there? Uh-huh. Should we reach out to the Mets? Come on, the Mets need a catcher. Uh, the, the Mets, the Mets could definitely bring him in. Huh? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, as long as the Mets can keep him healthy, you better keep him healthy. Mets uh, training on. staff. They, their their facility is one of the best in the league, but their trainers are horrible. Mm. Okay, absolutely. And the Yankees aren't too far from them. <laughs> well, no, the Yankees are yet. getting that vibe that the Mets are doing with these pitchers <laughs> all of a sudden. There's already three guys that already heard, and spring training's only been up for like a week. Well, everybody keeps throwing Aaron Boone under the bus. Aaron Boone's fault. He's the one that's training them. Give me a yep. break. Aaron Boone's injecting them with something. Oh God, Yankee fans. Next better thing you know, it. Uh, next thing you know, it. We're gonna we're, we're gonna hear the MLB. You know. Reach out to the Yankees and, and 
can fine Aaron Boone for injecting him with some kind of like uh, truth serum or something like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. But anyways, uh, thank you to our friend Bruce. And that, that was our official mockery of the uh, Tyler Harrison way of thinking. Oh, please. <laughs> please. I am tired. I am, I'm tired. Of, and I love Tyler Harrison, by the way. I have nothing against him. By the way, uh, Brunson go, going off. Knicks 76, Nets 52. Thank you, Keith. Uh, the Rangers right now in Philadelphia tied 1-1. The Islanders are not playing tonight. They lose in a shootout yesterday. Uh, like I, I, I made a joke uh, with the Boston Bruins goaltender, uh, Olmark, uh, scoring a goal the other day. And the Islanders couldn't score a goal in the, sh- the shootout. So uh, the Islanders need to figure out, are they players going into the playoffs? Or are, they, are they givers? Or are they sellers? Whatever you want to you say. But uh, Lou says they're... They're obviously buyers. I, I don't know what they're going to buy moving forward. They're not what the Rangers did, adding Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. They, they've really put themselves in a very good position. So did the Boston Bruins, adding Dmitry oh, yeah. Orloff, who scored two goals yesterday and an assist. Who fa- he, he played fantastic. And uh, adding Hathaway uh, is another uh, fantastic player that gives them a little bit of speed and gives them a little bit more depth in their lines. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg acquire uh, Nino Niederreiter. Uh, if, if you Islander fans know, he was a top five pick for the Islanders years and years ago. Uh, became a pretty good goal scorer for Nashville, and now uh, he's heading to Winnipeg, a team that has a chance uh, to make the playoffs as a wildcard team right now. At one point, uh, they went on a losing streak. Uh, it wasn't that I, they really went on a losing streak. Minnesota and Colorado have both been so hot at the same time, yeah. so now they've surpassed But they were the going on a losing streak. Yeah, they were kind of skidding a little where they were kind of playing average, like a little bit average, they lost, below average. They lost back-to-back games against the Islanders. I know they did. That, that really hurt them, but Minnesota and Colorado have also been scorching hot like they should have been at the start of the season. They both started really slow and now are looking like the teams they were expected to be at the start of the season. Dallas acquire uh, forward Evgeny Dadonov from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Vegas acquire Ivan Barbashev, our favorite team, uh, Vegas. Uh, Tampa Lightning, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Tanner Jarnall. The Rangers made the biggest moves as, a, uh, as what we have seen, adding Patrick Kane and Vladimir uh, Tarasenko. I mean, Carolina added some some pieces, but not big pieces. Not what the Rangers did. Not what right. uh, some, Toronto did. Uh, there are a lot of teams that have got better, and, and there are teams that, like the Carolina Hurricanes. It's still early. It's still another twenty four hours until the trade deadline's over. I expect Carolina. I don't know who's going to be available, uh, but a lot of the big names, uh, as we know, uh, a move today. Uh, we were just talking about. Yeah, we were talking about Chitrin going to Ottawa as yeah. well. The Coyotes got uh, three second-round <sighs> picks and a first-round pick. I'm surprised they, di- they didn't get more. It but was... why would Ottawa make that trade when they're not even making the playoffs? Because uh, he's a 24-year-old long-term piece, too. They'll sign him, too, because they barely have any money. Mm. And, again, they still again, it's, they probably won't make it. But they're... Will he sign with them? That's the question. I mean, yeah, I, I think Ottawa, they're going to have to give him a lot of money because he is one of the better young defensemen, especially offensively in the league right now. Uh, defensively, he's kind of... Good, but not great. But offensively, to go along with that offensive talent that they have over there, it definitely fits what they like to do. Already lethal offense, already lethal power play over there they have with Ottawa. And I think that's why they ended up doing it. And again, 
you can't really pass up that value because they only have to trade up one first round pick and, just, and three seconds that are all like in the distance. I'm surprised so. the Islanders didn't make a move for him. I know. I was saying that too about a couple weeks ago because the Islanders' power play was so bad at that time. I'm surprised they wouldn't try to do it because he is one of the best power play defensemen. Mm. The New York Islanders acquire forward Pierre Engvall, uh, a guy that has a lot of speed, came from Toronto. Toronto made a lot of moves, so they yeah. were trying to shed some offense from their roster. I, I would say for the Islanders, he's a good third line player player who gives them speed on their third line. Uh, they only had to give up a third-round pick in 2024. So uh, what does that add for the Islanders? It's not the big piece that's going to get them over the top. I expect the Islanders to be uh, looking for a big name. I don't know who is going to be available. Reach out to some of these teams. They need some offense. They're not scoring enough. And with Barzell right now not healthy and Pajot that's not healthy, they could fall out of a playoff spot very, very easily, uh, especially when you look at some of these teams that have games in hand against them, uh, Pittsburgh and Buffalo, uh, even Detroit, that is starting to play well as well. So uh, it, it's kind of scary where the Islanders have positioned themselves. There's not many games left. I think the Islanders have played 64 games, which yep. there's 82 ga- games left. I mean, there's 82 games in a season, so how many games left in the Islanders? 18 games left, yeah. 18 games. The Islanders need to win at least, I would say, I would say 13 out of the 18 games if they want to make the playoffs. Yeah, the scenario as it lies right now, the Penguins played 60 games, so they got four hit on the Islanders and have 69 points, so one back. The Sabres are four points back at 66, but they have five games at hand on the Islanders. Florida, a little more of a long shot, 62 games, so they got two games at hand with 66 points. They could still make it, and then you might mention Ottawa and Detroit. They're not. Detroit could. Detroit, I like Detroit too, but they've been slumping in recent weeks too. I think they're the most well-rounded team of that bunch, but and I'm surprised they haven't moved Larkin. I, I'm very surprised they did sign him. They signed oh, did him. They, they signed I, him today. Yep. Did they sign him today? Yep. They what signed was, him today. What was the contract? It was an eight-year deal. I think it was a seven and a half million a year. I'll I didn't it, know I'll that. Get it for you officially, but yeah, they just signed him. So today. he's going nowhere. Yeah, and it, I think if Larkin were to get traded, I think he would have been traded last year. I don't think it would have been this year as much. Why I know. not? In the offseason, they could they could have traded him. They could they could have tried. I think the, they could trade him in the offseason if they want. What it is is the, how aggressive they were this offseason. They signed they signed a lot of free agent forwards too. It's not something Steve Eiserman would do. Right. And I think Eiserman was only going to do it at the right price this year because of the way that the Red Wings did improve in certain areas. Like I think I would say their progression is pretty natural from where they were supposed to be. I had them as the last playoff team at the start of the year. They might not get to that, but they're progressing in a lot of areas. So Larkin's contract is 8 years. Oh, it's actually more than I thought. 8.7 million dollar out that's of a good contract. Value. For Larkin, uh, yeah. So he made a lot, he made a little bit more money than Bo Horvat. Mm-hmm. Twenty six years old, yeah. Twenty six years old, yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, that's why I thought the Horvat deal was really good. I was thinking he was going to get more like nine. Yeah, uh, and I think the Islanders really won on that. Yeah, uh, that deal. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. The, the Islanders need to make more moves than that, and, and they're in position right now. By the way, Jalen Brunson has thirty points at the half. He's he's hot, man. Uh, it, I mean, the biggest, and we'll get into the Knicks a little bit later in the show. The Knicks are really positioned. And, and by the way, the biggest pickup in the offseason was Jalen Brunson. No question. If you see what the Knicks are and at the point guard position, what they haven't had at the point guard position forever. I don't remember the last point guard that is as good as Jalen Brunson. And Jalen Brunson's only 26 years old. Yep. It, it's crazy. Uh, what is it? The Bucks are closing in on 16, 16 straight. straight wins, I guess. Good for, for them. For, for Milwaukee. I, I like the Greek freak. I, I love Giannis and uh, a guy that, uh, by the way, I, I, I wouldn't say take a shot at Kevin Durant, but he didn't oh, yeah. like 
He didn't like that Kevin Durant went to a super team again. Uh, we'll get into basketball a little bit later, okay? Because we still have a lot of time left. We're going to finish uh, with hockey. Then we'll get into a little football and then finish up with basketball. So, guys, if, if, you're, a big bas- if you're big basketball fans, trust me. We will add to the basketball conversation the last half an hour of the show. We'll get into Milwaukee, the Knicks, the Nets, how bad they look as we expected them to be, and uh, Giannis uh, taking shots at Kevin Durant, which is really, really funny. And I I don't think it's necessarily taking shots at Kevin Durant, but... he was kind of making jokes on of course. <laughs> on a on a show. He created so, a target for himself again ever since he went to Golden State and yeah. all that, and now he's uh, tried it again. I mean, do you blame him? Do, do you blame that Giannis uh, taking shots at Kevin Durant? No, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I mean, he he's speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. How do you jump ship? You, you put you put a super team together over there in Brooklyn, and then you decide to part ways because that super team didn't work because you have a bunch of head cases over there. Yeah, uh, yes, clowns. And Keith also mentioned Greek Freak has been out for a lot of those games too, yeah. and they've still been winning. Very yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. And our fellow Bruins fan, Jeff, has arrived. <laughs> Jeffrey, what's up, bud? Speedy, I am so disappointed in you tonight. Why? I'm so very disappointed Why? in Why? you. Why? Because I, I have to root for a team that the Beeve has to root for? Yeah, I didn't know no, that at the no. time. It's, it, it I'm is, not changing my it, fan base, Jeff. <laughs> Speedy, I think it's disgraceful that you have a Rangers jersey on tonight. Absolutely, utterly disgraceful. You are becoming the people you're hanging around with. Be from Connecticut, not one of these scumbags from New York. Don't <laughs> okay. do this. First of all, where Don't I grew up in Connecticut yeah. was more southern, so it wasn't directly near Massachusetts. There were some right. Bruins that, fans. That, no. But it was a majority Ranger fans. The Bruins have nothing to do with this, Speedy. The Bruins have absolutely nothing to do with this. This is all about shitty New Yorkers and Keandre Miller. And Keandre Miller. What a disgraceful scumbag. What a perfect human to represent that fan base. Spitting (laughs) in the face of another person. Oh, and the excuse, oh, I didn't need you. How many times you ever been in a scrum and you just see people randomly spit? That was no accident. He's a liar. New Yorkers and the Rangers are all disgraceful people. (laughs) Well, I was going to get into Keandre uh, Miller, okay? And... And Keandre, Take that jersey off, Speedy. No, oh, well, that first of all, not going to happen. It's, first of all, in the back of the jersey, I bought it for his uh, Christmas gift. His name's in the back of it. So it's really 31 with Speedy's name in the back of it. Speedy should have wore it backwards. Uh, but uh, he wanted to range of jerseys for the holiday. You should, have a bar- you should have a barrel burning, Speedy. What? Get rid of that thing. <laughs> I'm an Islander fan. You don't see me wearing an Islander jersey. But I told him to wear it. He should be happy. That's a beautiful jersey. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Even though oh, yeah, not- oh, yeah, you should be happy be real proud but be rooting for the team who spits in other people's faces first of all first of all i would agree with you uh and 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 by the way brad marchant did he did spit in somebody's face no he licked, and, and licked somebody a, no but he also that's, spit that's he a, also yep. spit and, and that's and that's he a also disgraceful did. move and that's a disgraceful move and marchant should be suspended and all of that kind of stuff i will never suspend that that's Disgraceful. You don't see Martian going, oh, it happened by accident. No, Kane Andre Miller's a disgrace. He meant to spit in Drew Doughty's face. The tape don't lie. He's a disgrace, and all New Yorkers suck. <laughs> well, I, I, I've learned a lot about Brad uh, Marchant and a, a guy that I didn't really like until I had an opportunity to meet him at the Stanley Cup Finals and what he did for that and kid. And he's a great I, human. Yeah, I, he actually is a really good guy off the ice. On the ice, he could be very mean, and a lot of teams and a lot of players don't like him. But nevertheless, this has nothing to do with him. Keandre Miller uh, did something in a game where 
not only embarrassed himself and his family, embarrassed the New York Rangers and the organization, was suspended for three games and fined by the NHL. Uh, to me, I don't know if it makes him a disgraceful human. He's a young player and a young player who is trying to human. is trying to bring young fans to this game, and it's growing. This is a game that's growing all over the world. To do something like that, Speedy, as a Ranger, and, and to really stick out like a sore thumb, didn't look good for the New York Rangers. Also, like Jeff was saying, like him making the comments, oh, I spit by accident. It's pretty hard to spit by accident when you have a helmet on. That was definitely – go look at the the – the rewind of but, that but, that that whole it a, spit thing. It was in thing. a scrum. It was in a scrum, and everyone spit game. We'll call it spit game. No, it, 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 it's not. It's not cheating. He's not trying to get it. It's spit game. He's trying to lie. He 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 tried to oh, lie. Yeah, he's lying. Right. It's manipulative. He's lying. So it's spit game. Oh, it's manipulative. No question. Right. So it's spit game. He's the perfect human being to represent something that the bead like. It's a disgrace. Hashtag spit game. <laughs> there is no, no, there is no spit gate. It happened. We, we there, there, it's, this isn't Seinfeld. There was no second spitter. It was him, right? Right. Well, he says it was an accident. Okay, so how many times? How many times? How do you, it's it's pretty hard to spit by accident. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty hard to do. I think that one's tough to justify him saying that. Right. Considering when you look at the video, he's making eye contact with the dude. No, he's no. not like looking. He's not like looking away and then spit and like the guy dude skated into it or something like that. Like it's not like one of those kind of like accidental. Kind of, he's looking right at the dude and right. spits on him. No, no, I get that. Like even even so, like you spitting by accident, you're not gonna be able to justify it a lot of different ways. Like what are you gonna squirt a bunch of water in your mouth and then it just comes out when you're like breathing or talking or something? Like how do you spit by accident? That's well, pretty I hard just, to do. I just spit a lot on my my mic. So there you go. <laughs> All right, so, so, so we suspend you for three shows then? <laughs> no, I did. I dropped my water and I spit all over my mic. So all right, so that, micro, is, that microphone is, will suspend you for three shows. You got you, you to sit over here for three shows. You believe that? <laughs> what, a, what a perfect person to represent New York, though. Those scumbags in that town probably loved it. Filthy heathens. I would, hope there's not a, I would hope there's not a lot of Ranger fans justifying that, but there are a lot of crazy Ranger fans. Oh, yeah, I'll even admit that a as a Ranger, Ranger fan. fan. I know a Ranger fan justifying it. Joshua Silverberg. <laughs> well, he said that it was an accident. He said that oh, yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah, that was an accident. Who believes it's an accident? Speedy, do you believe it was an accident? I, I said it's pretty hard to accidentally spit, so it would be right, very yeah, hard to Errol, believe. Do you believe it? Do you no. believe it's an accident? No, it's no. pretty hard no. to accidentally spit. He purposely no, did. So, it. He, yes. so he's a homer. Oh, by the way, you brought up Bar Brad Marchand spitting. I'm not making an excuse. scumbag move. Screw Brad Marchand. No, you know no, who right. Making excuses, Ranger fans, because they're pieces of shit. <laughs> what did I tell you about cursing, man? But I, I will say this. I will say this. It was a bad look for the New York Rangers. Now, the good look is, is they added two good players to this offense, and they could be they could be dangerous offensively. But again, it's going to make it even sweeter when they got knocked out in the second round of the playoffs, and then everyone's crying. Oh my God, we went and got Tarasenko, and we went and got Kane, and what happened? And you still choked. They're bums. Their fans are bums. The city is trash. <laughs> I can't wait until they lose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you'll be enjoying that. Uh, I'm sure you will, Jeff. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have my own parade just for when they lose. <laughs> wow. What, what, kind, what are you going to hold on? What, what's going to be at that parade? Uh, it's going to be a bunch of alcohol <laughs> and me on, on one of the, like, I'm like one of them, uh, like, bird scooters, <laughs> right? 
and I'm gonna and I'm gonna and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be wearing one of those little little cone party hats, and I'll have one of the little. We'll make you a beef hat. We'll make you a beef hat. No, no beef. No, no beef hat. It's because it's not the beef. Because when the Jets don't get Carr or Rogers, we'll it will be twelve months of fun. Well, oh, 12 months of fun. The twelve months of fun. Are Hashtag bad. twelve months of fun. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, you know what happens if you lose, right? Yeah, I'll eat shit. I don't care. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta record it live, and no you gotta dude, take a picture, you, dude. I'll go, dude. I'll I'll Facetime you. I'll Facetime you and do it. I'll do it live. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't care. No problem. Uh, they're not getting either one, and it's 12 months of fun because that city is miserable and they don't deserve anything nice. Keith, Keith says the Rangers nor their fans have any control of that Miller spit. I'm a Ranger fan, and I think Miller was disgusting, but it doesn't make no, us Ranger, Ranger fans but, no, scumbags. Yeah, but, Philadelphia Ranger, just scored, Ranger, by the way. Ranger, Ranger, fans, Ranger fans defend it. You look at all of them. Joshua Silverberg, one of them. They'll defend it. Scumbags. <laughs> Dirty people. Well, the Dirty beef didn't people. like it. The beef wants him to be traded. He says, I want to trade Keandre Miller. Oh, we don't God. want him on the team. I would not overreact like that. <laughs> Come on, beef. Well, beef, he wanted to trade no. Panarin, didn't he? Yeah, I know. So far as I remember. He still does. I remember. <laughs> and Panarin, uh, Panarin's doing very well, and uh, Barzal's hurt right yeah, now. Yeah, he so. gets <laughs> healthy, and uh, yeah, let, let's, let's not get into that as an Islander fan. But uh, yeah, I, I mean... Keandre Miller was a bad human being. Uh, he should never have done that. Made him look really, really bad. And he's a young player. And now teams are going to be headhunting for him. I mean, when you do something like that, it, it, it makes other teams wonder if that's the type of player that you yeah, are. Yeah, that's what I'm worried it could, it could add up to. You don't want to get a reputation. I mean, sure. Wilson, I don't know why Wilson with the Capitals, me, yeah. remember? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff, like, I don't know why because it like you can clean it up and can wash it off all that. I, like so, I don't know like what makes it worse, but I just feel like spitting is one of the worst things you could do to somebody. It's like, disrespectful. Honestly, I just feel like spitting on him. It's just so fucking dirty and gross. Right. You get you it. Know? I get it. It's not something especially like in game like you control. Yeah. Right. Right. Especially from someone that actually lives in New York. Now you don't know where that mouth has been. Freaking gross. Dude. <laughs> right. It's dirty not. It's not state. like something. I mean, there are dirty hits. There's dirty fights, stuff like that. But those are in game. Like those are a little more controllable. Like it's pretty hard to spit on somebody while you're like if you were just skating and moving. Like clearly that was after the play in the scrum, like you were saying, Jeff. So like it's gonna be very tough to justify that. I again, I really just hope Keandre Miller, who's a very good def- young defenseman, does not that get that kind of reputation, especially since he's one of the Rangers in terms of the the defenseman. And for the forwards in general, one of the best guys for hitting too. So they need him to be that, and they have to do it cleanly. They should have traded him and kept Ryan Reeves. Oh God! <laughs> Who, by the way, had a fight last night against the Islanders <laughs> and destroyed. Yes, the dude. yes, we all know because because even Islander players are, are weak. Could you stop? What is this? Attack New York uh, hockey. I mean, the Islanders have nothing to do with, you obviously, Miller spitting on somebody. Awful. Okay? You what did the Islanders do? Hockey, don't be awful. Oh, stop. You, you know what? Well, they couldn't even score in a shootout. They all, right. all season. <laughs> I, I took a shot at them. I said, Olmark is scored a goal himself, and the Islanders couldn't yeah, score in a shootout. Yeah, you, yeah, you got that one for me. That's plagiarism. Oh, and stop. 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 <laughs> stop. Oh, I, have, I have the text. Did you not steal from me? I have the text. Oh, so you're telling me I'm taking your words? You, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Do you want me to read the text? <laughs> 
<laughs> I can screenshot it and send it to Speedy. Minnesota Wild acquire forward Marcus Johansson. Uh, he heads over there to Minnesota from Washington. Washington looks like they're giving up on the season. Oh, they're done. Yeah, they're giving up. They're trading away pieces as they traded a, a pretty good defenseman, one of their better defensemen over there to your Boston Bruins in Dmitry uh, Orlov, uh, a pretty good player. I, I had two goals and assists last night, so looks pretty good. Here it is. All Mark just scored a goal. Your goalie <laughs> can't even stop the puck. Ours, can, ours can do that and then score. This is why the Islanders are bombed. Stop stealing my stuff, Errol. That's uh, plagiarism. Hey, wait a second. You didn't say anything about a shootout, did you? No, no, no. Oh, I, I, I probably did last night. No, yeah. stop. Oh, oh let's, let's stop it. Let's go down the line. Go ahead. Go down. Go down. All right. All right. Islanders, Islanders can't even score in, a sh- in shootouts. Pathetic franchise. That has nothing, maybe, that's a, that has nothing maybe, to do with it. Hold maybe, on. Maybe, You're telling me I'm taking now. lines? Hold on. Here's the next one. Maybe now would be a good... Maybe now would be a good time for them to start skating at 70 miles per hour. <laughs> oh, you went back there again. <laughs> you know I what? Mean, you know I what, mean, Jeff? You know what, Jeff? Could you stop, Jeff? You know what? The problem with you is you always try to find something and you like to dig. You like to dig. It's like I'm not digging. Yeah, you I'm are. You're like this digging. Is all right at the surface. It's like digging this a bone. Right you're, you're you're like a dog. You like to dig and dig and dig until you find the bone. You you love to do that, don't you? You do. You do. To plagiarize me. I'm I am not plagiarizing you, man. And and by the way, for another thing that scumbag New Yorkers uh, do. There he goes. Toronto acquired defenseman Luke Shen. Uh, he goes. He heads over there. Uh, from Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver obviously giving up on the season, giving up uh, one of their better defensemen. Uh, Toronto is adding piece after piece after piece after piece. I mean, they're in a very good position. And Toronto is dangerous as, yes, Jeff, you said too, right? Did I plagiarize myself there too? No, not when you credit the source. Ah! Oh. <laughs> That's how it works. If you write a paper and you go to You MLA, are a pain in my So, so Jeff, do we have to do this entire show in MLA citations you are, from now on? You are one of the most annoying people. You know that? <laughs> you think I'm annoying? Talk to New Yorkers. <laughs> All right, Jeff. I guess we're gonna have to just do the entire show in MLA citations from now on. And we always have to write it out in a three a three sentence paragraph. What is what it? is the source and all these random? What numbers. is the hatred of New Yorkers? What is your complete hatred? Uh, have you have you lost? I mean, you lived here in New York, have you not? I You've did, been here. I did live in New York. And, I lived in upstate New York. And for, did for, did for, anybody for. did anybody give you any reason upstate New York for you to hate them as much oh. as you do? Oh, but but see, but the, see, this is what kind of human being I am, right? Because everyone was like, "Oh, New Yorkers are terrible people." Here I we said, go. You know what? Here we go. Let me go and see this firsthand. And you know what I found? Dirty people. <laughs> dirty. Filthy, filthy. You went upstate. I mean, there's a lot of right, dirt up there. Where it's not, where, right where it's nice, and even those are dirty people. <laughs> upstate is not New York, bud. It is not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Okay, you got to get to the boroughs. You got to get over here to the island. On, you got to check on, the beauty. No, 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 the beauty. No, no, no. Hold on. How how far is? Let's just say Bayshore because I know that you live east of Bayshore. Correct. Mm, yes. Yes. How far? How north. Far are you north from? of Bayshore. Well, okay. How far is that from the city? Um, I would say I'm about forty five minutes from the city. Closer from the city. What does that mean? So yeah, it counts. It does no, I, I only, No, I only, it doesn't. You lived in the sticks. No, I lived a half an hour from the city. Mm. I lived a half an hour from the city. I lived in Nyack. 
Mm. Keith, Keith says, true upstate is Pennsylvania. Upstate doesn't count. <laughs> I lived a half an hour from the city. I lived in Nyack. Filthy people. <laughs> but but you, should, you, should have, you should have heard the interview we just had before. Lamar Arrington will still justify the fact that the Philly fans are, are uh, much crazier and uh, doing gross things than New Yorkers. Yes, and I, I don't know what the attack is to New well, Yorkers. It's, well, it's They're not really, a very high bar. I will say there, there are... There are New York fans that are out of control. There's no question. And uh, obviously some of the players over the years have been out of the co- uh, control. Charles Oakley being one of them. <laughs> so, Oakley uh, might be my favorite one. Uh, of course. Of course he's one of your Anyone favorites. Anyone that wants to punch Dolan in the face is okay by me. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, as a Nick and a Ranger fan, I can definitely justify that. But still. <laughs> that is, uh, <laughs> hey, wait a second. He opens up his pockets, does he not? No, no, it's, no, no he's finally, he's, no he opens up his pockets, just opens up his pockets for Joakim Noah. He stayed out of the Knicks. Uh, now, thankfully, and they're winning. Still. So what are, what are we talking right. about? He's evolving finally. Where, where they're actually it's, winning. It took him so many, so, so many That's years. A good side. That's a good side. By the way, uh, the uh, the Rangers are losing. Jeff, I'm sure you're excited about that. Well, I, I bet the Rangers, so that's not <laughs> big loss right there. Big loss if they lose. But, but it's, uh, how they lose in a Philly? That is disgraceful. Yeah. And well, by the way, this is. I see, but this is the thing, right? Charles Oakley. Born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. He wasn't angry until he moved to New York. New York made <laughs> Hold him on. Happen. Hold on. He was angry when he was in Chicago, okay? He was the enforcer in Chicago. He's Michael Jordan's best friend in Chicago. He was just do- he was just doing what Michael Jordan asked him to do in New York. He was just legitimately angry because it's carried over, and now he's trying to fight James Dolan in the stands, and I don't blame him. New York well, was a trap. All right, but, but, Jeff, but Jeff, think of it this way. You said he comes from Cleveland, and people can't get angry in Cleveland. Do you remember Miles Garrett did swing a helmet at Mason Rudolph? Mm-hmm. But they, but Mason Rudolph has one of the most punchable faces you've ever seen, so that's kind of just that's fair. But still, mm-hmm. nobody should swing a helmet. <laughs> yeah, maybe he spent time living in New York. <laughs> he hates anything. Yankee fans, Islander fans. He'll take shots at anything. To, not, not hard to hate Yankee fans. They throw beers at the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. They throw baseballs at Alex Verdugo. They throw yeah. things at John Tavares. Mm-hmm. Terrible people. Uh, and all, and the same thing with the Boston Celtic fans throwing things at players, which we've heard. We've heard different analysts. Oh, speedy, speedy, speed. Listen, we've had analysts from all different organizations come on this show and tell us that the worst fans and, in the NBA and, are, are in, in professional sports yes, our, is Boston. Our, uh, our Nets friend, Chris Mulholland, said he got stuck in the locker room. With, 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 <laughs> it's like he didn't get stuck in a locker. Insulting him. And, and, and you, wanna, you want the biggest example that Yankee fans are babies, like just cry babies? The umpires get a call right. Do you remember Alex Rodriguez running and he slapped the ball out of Bronson Arroyo's Yes, I remember right? that. And the, and, 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 the, and the umpires get the call right and they call him out. Is that the right call? That's the correct call? And what happened? 15-minute delay in the game because everyone in the stadium threw things on the field. Why? Because they're whiny bitches. Uh, you, you brought up baseball. Manny Machado signs a 11-year, $350 million contract with the Padres. That means uh, no chance in hell for Manny Machado to go to the Mets. A lot of Mets fans, including yours, truly thought that's where he was heading. And now all of a sudden they're moving. Mets fans are moving to Otani. Now, there, there is the name that keeps uh, – you know, Christmas open for the Med fan. I, I do not believe Otani is coming to New York. I don't care what 
our Uncle Stevie or the Mets' Uncle Stevie is going to offer. I think he wants to stay out in, in California. There's quite a few California teams that are going to make a run for him. I, I, it's going to be very, very hard to persuade him to come to New York when both the Dodgers and San Francisco have the money to make a bid for him. So uh, it, it's crazy. I, I thought Manny Machado— he's a Dodger. You think I think he's a Dodger yeah, too. I, I, I think he's I going. He's a Dodger. I do too. Uh, but they cleared uh, a bunch of that payroll, letting people go. I can't imagine they're not going to throw a ton of money at Oh, they're going to give him a five hundred million dollar contract, and then I heard Josh came out and said, "Well, the Mets will offer six hundred. You offer him six hundred. Oh, did he hear more rumors? Hear more rumors? <laughs> well, it's the, we're going to have Josh Josh's rumorville on this show. So, <laughs> oh, all of them, all of them, not true. Uh, <laughs> the rumor, the rumor of the fact that uh, Keandre Miller spit accidentally, and now the rumor will of he, will he will he tell rumors in two part stories? Oh, that's a good question, Jeff. I don't know. So there's two parts of why uh, the Mets could get Shohei Otani, which I'm hoping happens, but I'm I'm with Errol. Well, that's, that's his rumor. I, I'm with Errol. I think it's definitely more likely with the. He's Dodgers. a Mets fan, and I understand. And he he's. Out of all the teams he roots for, for some reason he has this love fest for the Mets. He loves the New York Mets. So if you you hear a player that the Mets are interested in, and he said that if they lose Otani, they're going to go after Soto. So that's a little more believable. I could see that now because Machado. Now that they signed Machado, are they going to be able to, are going Soto to sign too? Soto? Yeah, I, I, I thought they were going to originally too. Now we'll see two years down the road. They have time because he's he's part of that uh, new super tool. So he's arbitration eligible this year, yes. and then another year next year where he get a. They'll have him signed at the end of this year, right? Where he can get a completely separate deal if they don't sign him. They wanted year. to give Machado the money right now, so they can. <clears throat> They can figure out how they're going to even out the contracts. I believe if Tatis has a Tatis has a very good season this year, they're going to move him. They're moving him to left field. There are quite a few teams, aka the Yankees, that are looking for a left fielder either this year or next year. I see them moving him if he has a pretty good season. I do not believe they have Bogarts there. Uh, they're not going to keep all these guys on one team. And I know Jeff's going to come out and say, which he did. I'll admit it. I'll give him credit for this. That he says even having Tatis who. He's making eight million dollars a year this year and probably fifteen next year. His contract 11 is next year. eleven next year. It's a, an affordable move for uh, the San Diego Padres to sign uh, a guy like Soto and keep Tatis. But I think they've been trying to move Tatis. They were trying to move him this offseason, but nobody was interested in him, especially him doing steroids and being caught with steroids. They want right. to see what he could do without it. If he has a good season this year in left field and plays as well as a lot of people believe he will, I think they'll move on from Tatis. Because he also lo- lost a lot of value, too. When yes. you look at the Padres in 2021, start as hot as they did when he was hurt half the time, and then make it to the NLCS in 2022 when he was suspended. So uh, there's a little bit of value for me, mm-hmm. a, a team-contributing talent talent factor loss. Now, like you said, his value for his contract is actually very low. Like his average annual value, I think only in the 26 million mm-hmm. range, despite it being uh, at the time a 13 year deal. But still that's going to lose some value if they can't get back on track or he gets hurt a lot more often, yep. or if he never recovers from the steroids too. I think he will. I think he's, oh, I think he's, he's a great talent. He's uber player. talented. That's tremendous. I think he'll be fine. But if he still has a year, question where is how would he, how does he do in left field? If he, yeah. if he shows that he could play left field and we've seen a lot of infielders move out to the outfield and, and have been successful. And we've seen a lot of guys not be successful, but the, the, the he talent, doesn't need, he doesn't need the steroids to be successful though. No, if he just gets traded 
into the Yankees, he'll get to play with Goldilocks balls and he'll hit a ton of home runs. There he goes again, attacking the Yankees again. Well, what if the Padres have a guy this that's going to chase the home with the Yankees? Right, they'll get the Goldilocks not, balls. See, see here's, here's the problem. There we go. You see that as an attack on the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I see it as just telling the truth. <laughs> but Jeff, what if, it's what if your Man- truth, what if, Jeff? What if your truth? What if Manny no, Machado no, no, wants no, no, Soto to chase the home record? No, then no, the Padres will get the no, Goldilocks balls. No, hold on, hold on. Errol said that's my truth. It's not my truth. It's the actual truth. But Yankee fans like to deny it. Goldilocks you know, balls were a thing. Speedy, were Goldilocks balls a thing? Yes. Yeah, we we heard Ryan. Jeff Spader is like little Bo Peep. It, so, okay, yeah. he's like little Bo Peep. That's what he is. You know, he, no, I'm, not, I'm yeah. just I'm just telling truth. I'm just telling truth. <laughs> yep. Uh, Keith says he will be fine. He'll be fine and left. He's a stud athlete. I think he will be too. Most of his most of his blunders defensively have been more mental than they are physical. His range is very good. So I, I agree with you, Keith. I think Tatis it, it had nothing. This steroids have nothing to do with in, his talent. Mm-hmm. Jeff left field also wasn't very big in in, in San Diego. So no, he'd be more not. than fine in left field. There. No, and right. if he if he proves that he could do it, there'll be a lot of teams lining up uh, to make a trade for him. And I I do believe San Diego is going to. Very much trade him one way or another, either at the trade deadline or but move they, on from him in the offseason. I know what you're going to say, but Jeff. They also don't need to. But no, they, they don't, don't have to. Do that either, though, because, because they can, they can uh, just put him at DH and be fine. Yeah, they were trying to. This offseason and, and everything that we've heard is they were trying to move him. They just couldn't get back what they thought they could get back from him because of everything that's happened last season. Right. So they're going to wait. They're going to wait until he proves himself this year. And I believe somebody, even the Mets, could be interested in him. You can move him to third base. You really could. No, no. He's much more of a Yankee player with the steroids. <laughs> there he goes again. I, I, <laughs> Why? How many Yankees use steroids versus how many Mets? Oh, that don't get me started. David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez. Do you want to keep on going? Pedro oh, Martinez. Oh, yeah, okay, nobody. Okay, him G- and his big head. G- his little G- bobble head. G- Give me a break. Giambi, oh, Cano. Pedro, David Ortiz, Cano Manny also Ramirez. Got with the Mets too, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, he did. He got bigger. His head got bigger. Go look at what Pedro Martinez. His look when Stop he played for the Expos and played for Boston. That dude's a pencil. He's not a pencil. Go look at what he looked like when he went to Boston. His oh, second sure. year in Boston. See now you're just see now you're get out of here. Like, like, like like Manny Ramirez, you definitely got that look. But it's like every Yankee that did it. Like every Yankee, even even the shitty Yankees, like Francisco Cervelli, were on them. Jeff, see, see, Jeff, I can justify this, though, as a Mets fan. Who says there weren't Mets players using steroids and it just didn't help them anyway because they still weren't a good team for a while? Right, but that just shows you that at least Mets players were smart enough. Not oh, to there he goes. There he goes. I wouldn't put smart and, and, and past Mets players in the same sentence. Did you see Carlos Gomez's earlier tenure and how many blunders he had on the base paths? I mean, that is what it is. The, the the Mets are easily the number one team in all of New York sports. Yeah, figured, it's not figured, even close. figured you would say that, but that's okay. They we have, have the best ballpark. They have the they best do. I, I like their ballpark. I like their ballpark. This is just amongst New York, right? In New York, I the like their ballpark. ballpark. Could you stop? Yeah, it's a terrific ballpark. Yeah, but they're not a good. They're not. They're not better than the Yankees as far as team is concerned. Oh, they sure are. No, they're yeah, not. They sure are. Oh yeah. Oh, they sure tell, are. Tell me what makes them better than the Yankees right now. They don't have any pitchers that need spider tack to be Oh, successful. stop with this. Stop. They have the best they have the best hitter. Come on, you don't in, think in, Justin Verlander used spider tap? If, if nope. by the that's nope. that, that's he, probably he's been winning the, get out of he's here. Been winning get out of here, Jeff. What's, what's get out of here. Does. He's crawled up. He's crawled he up comes from a cheating organization. He came from a cheating organization. The Yankees don't cheat. Come on. 
Oh, the pictures, you don't think the pictures had any part of that? Cheap. Maybe a little. Like they the had part of it. What they were stealing sides for was the hitters, though. Not it, the doesn't matter. it doesn't matter. The pitchers knew. And they knew what to Wait, pitch and what to... Are the Yankees a cheating organization? Uh, what? Yes, they are. So uh, how about the Red Sox? How about the Red Sox? Yeah, they cheated. Yeah, they cheated. I can admit it. I'm not going to cry like you. I can admit it. They did it. How about the racism over there in Boston, huh? How about that? How about the, how about, how many, how many, no, get out of here. Get out of here, Jeff. How many racist Boston Red Sox fans have, how many players have complained about Boston Red Sox fans out in the outfield? A lot of them. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. Mm -hmm. But, but, but when Adam Jones got called a racist slur and that was terrible and that person should be banned from Fenway Park forever, what happened the next night? Mm. Standing ovation from the rest of Boston. Did that happen? Why do you keep bringing that up? Why do you bring that up over and over and over again? Because it shows the class of a city that says these racist pricks don't speak for all of us. Mm. When Verdugo got hit by a baseball, did he get a standing ovation Mm. the next day? No, because the scumbags in the Bronx, they condone it. Mm. They condone it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and as much as as much as those those fans were clapping for for a guy at like Adam Jones, they were doing it the next day. They were cursing the next day and doing the crappy stuff that they do on the outfield in the outfield. It's all about, Every it's all about the show single it's all, game it's, it's out all there. About the show of, it's all about the show of solidarity that says that that person isn't like the rest of us. Mm. That's what that shows. Yeah. Okay. Right? After. Boston's a great city. New York, filled with Keith Rooney says, ask the Boston you Celtic fans me, you can't where the, where the were their most me. racist ever by far. And, and, and Keith is saying Boston Celtic fans are racist. You can't possibly even make the case to me that a place that the Beave lives is a nice place to be. You can't. You can't possibly do that. Leave the but Beave again, alone. But again, the Jeff, like, my like, you're, like you're saying with the with, with with Boston, you can't justify one person as ruining the entire area. Right. The, right. The difference is Boston fans were like, "That's not all of us." We, you know, just, just like when I say I'm a Ranger fan, and I'm not going to justify that the Beave is going to be agree agree with me on everything. We can't. We can't say that the Ranger fans are all uh, smart right, in their decision making right. with they trade Artemi Panarin. Because you're smart and you're from Connecticut and you can make Oh, that that's what it is. He's a he's a New that's Yorker right. now, babe. He's a New Yorker he's not, now. He's not a New Yorker. He's from Connecticut. He's just trying it out until he, he gets a better job and he moves on. Get so out of here. He's a New Yorker. He's a New Yorker. His family's not. from New York. Yes, he is. They were born here, yes. They're from New York, buddy. Well, well, then they were the smart New Yorkers that were like, this place sucks, and we, they got out. Get out of here. here. There was a reason why they moved to Connecticut. It, it was close I to actually, a job. I actually I actually was born in Pennsylvania, first of all. There and, you go. And so oh. they they moved out there in 1990. Are you Amish? No, no. Did you go horse and buggy? No, no, never had horse and He's buggy. He's not from the Amish, you idiot. But the the woods actually that were near yeah, they're, they're the haircut near, says Amish, but okay. okay. <laughs> That's Jeff, true. Jeff, the, he does have a haircut of Amish. Jeff, the the, the, the <laughs> woods the area that was actually near our house in Pennsylvania is where they actually filmed the Blair Witch Project. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Yeah. Look fun at you, Speedy. Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Fun fact about that random area where I grew up for four years. Did you yeah, try see? to look for the witch? Oh, no, I was I was four years old. I, I, I didn't know what, what the Blair Witch Project was at that time. It was stupid. Yeah, stupid yeah, movie. Yeah. See, I always saw part of it. Actually, I never saw the whole thing, ironically. But uh, but so I was there for four years, and then I was here for a year. Actually, when when I was in kindergarten. So and then then we moved to Connecticut after that, two thousand one. So do, I've been do, there. Do you since. find that ironic? Do you find that ironic? Here we go. That you're from an area where they filmed the Blair Witch, which was a creep that no one could find, right? And now <laughs> yeah. you actually live in an area with a beef who's a creep everybody knows. Leave! 
to be alone. Wow. Why do you keep attacking this kid? He's a good guy. I mean, I don't know why you hate him so much. Oh, I don't hate him. He's just creepy. Je- Jeff's prepping for the uh, the spinoff version, the Beave Witch Project. All right. The yep. Giants cut Kenny Galladay, hey. saved $6.7 million in cap space. Speedy, I-, I know you sit here and you look at the, the Giants. They're trying to open up cap space. They have to give Dexter Lawrence an extension. They have to give Saquon Barkley an extension. And, and then you're hearing Daniel Jones throughout the league. Uh, there are people saying that Daniel Jones wants this $45 million contract a year. It doesn't make sense why the Giants are going to give it to him this year. He has to prove himself another year. And, and here's the thing. It, with the Amazon deal in 2024, the, there's going to be more cap space, more money to be available. If the Giants don't sign him right now at $45 million, they might. If he has another season like this going into the season, they might have to pay him $50, $52 million next year if he has a season like he did last year. So it's an interesting position the Giants are in. Yeah, definitely. Also, you have to keep in mind, too, there's always going to be that exception in the quarterback market that could randomly reset certain values, too. Because we know about the ones that are trying to seek a new contract. Guys like Lamar Jackson, but there's also ones that maybe get paid, and whether their contract is big enough, we'll we'll compare Daniel Jones, a younger quarterback, to one of them. Let's say Derek Carr gets a forty million dollar deal. Is Daniel Jones going to go to say Derek? Well, he's Carr asking is, for thirty five million. I know. I think he'll get thirty five too. I'm just saying that's a pretty good deal. If the Jets I agree. get Derek Carr for thirty five million dollars a year, that's a great, great steal deal. for the for the the New York Jets. But 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 Daniel Jones is going to leverage himself as all right. I'm younger and I, have, I was coming off a, a season with with no wide receivers, which rightfully so. He had a great season with probably the worst wide receiving core. Or, Bottom three wide receiving core in the league. Definitely the worst among playoff teams. So he has an argument for that. But you're right. He has to do it more than one season because his passing volume still wasn't very high as a whole either. 15 passing touchdowns and still just over 3,000 passing yards is still not going to justify a $45 million contract. $45 million based on based on comparing contracts is, is going to be what he's targeting because, okay, Kyler Murray got it and then he didn't play well and then he got hurt. So everyone's going to base it on that. Deshaun Watson got all that guaranteed money and he was suspended for 12 games. Yeah, teams are going to justify on that. That's the exception. That's right now a misnomer in that kind of thing. And Lamar Jackson is going to make it more interesting, too, with what he's going to leverage either from the Ravens or the other team. But, yeah, $45 million for him is unrealistic to think that the Giants will be able to do that. If you look at Derek Carr and you look at guys like uh, Daniel Jones, I think Derek Carr is a better a better football player right now. But Daniel Jones has to prove himself. Derek Carr has already proven himself year in and year out. Now, he hasn't won anything. He only won one. Well, he should have won one playoff, playoff game. He he obviously got screwed against the Bengals. We, we all remember. He did win a playoff game. Well, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He got hurt in that 2016 season. Yeah. When Jones? He was, did, are you talking about Daniel Jones? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Derek Carr. He never got a chance to. Uh, when oh, a yeah, he stinks. Yeah. He could be the perfect Jack. No, he stinks. But, but Derek Carr in that year, well, he was as much as he, you think he stinks, you'll be eating dog crap if he, he does go to the Jets. So that's a win for me. That's a win-win for me. That's a win-win for me. Okay? Sure. I'm sure it would be for you. <laughs> but, yeah, the year that his best year was 2016, where he was probably the runner-up for MVP to Matt Ryan. Like, he was playing that well. And the Raiders' talent that year was really good. So they could have they could have beaten the Texans definitely in that first-round playoff game. Whether they would have gone further, we'll see. But that was their best chance probably even more than the tw- two years ago, where they really scrapped their way in with a lot of backup players and the interim coach and all that. 
Uh, Keith says, no way, you have to take Jones over Carr. Garrett Carr is going to play for that man at this rate, Errol. I don't understand that. I, I don't, and here's the thing. I understand Keith, but I can't understand how he hates Derek Carr so much. Derek Carr has been a proven quarterback in this league. Now, he also played for the Raiders, the Oakland a Raiders. quarterback with no playoff wins. Proven. Also he comes from a, a team. Jet. Well, first of all, he's a quarterback that played on teams that couldn't stay healthy. Look at look at the Raiders. Look at the the Oakland Raiders and the the time that they were in Oakland. They you look at the big picture of where they were and what they are as an organization now. When John Gruden was there, he was playing with he was playing for a coach that didn't want him there. For some reason, he never liked Derek Carr. But Derek Carr still put up numbers. As a matter of fact, he had a chance to win the MVP before he hurt his leg. Yep. Before he got after he got that contract. So again, we look at the big picture of who Derek Carr is. Derek Carr has been a proven quarterback, a consistent quarterback who's had four four thousand yard seasons. Ask me how many times a Jet quarterback threw 4,000 yards. The answer is one, and that was Joe Namath about 50 years ago. Okay? There's no way. He stinks. <laughs> He's a drunkard. <laughs> so, so, Leave it up to him. So, sorry, Carl. I, He's I, a Bama quarterback too, man. Sorry, Carl, if you're listening. I have to, I have to take this shot. The, the Jets still have one more 4,000-yard season than the Bears quarterbacks have ever had. The Bears are the only team in NFL history that's never had a quarterback 4,000 yards or 30 touchdowns in a season. <laughs> Even Gunslinger Jay Cutler couldn't do it. And, and yeah, by the Bears way. Bears are in a better position, though. Even... Even if they just get Carr, the Bears are in a better position. Justin Fields is, is younger and has more potential than Derek Carr ever could pretend to have. But here's the thing. The talent is there with the Jets. You add Derek Carr, you're giving the Jets a quarterback. And a the guy... talent will be there with the Bears. They have, they have a high draft. Pick. No. Well, they, they still have to draft well, though. They're, first right. of all. They're, first they're of all. all right. They'll be all right. No, they're in great shape for what they have with the money and the draft picks, but they still have to draft well, though. I mean, and, and by the way, Keith is saying that Derek Carr is average, okay? Okay, let, let's look at Derek Carr's numbers in his <clears> career. <throat> and I know everybody's going to say, including Jeff, says it's numbers. There he goes with numbers. But the numbers stand out for Derek Carr. From even his rookie season, he threw 3,270 yards, 21 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Speedy, Here's tell me. Hold on. Zero hold, playoff hold on, hold on. Okay. Just Speedy, when was the last time a quarterback for the New York Jets threw 3,270 yards, um, 21 touchdowns and 12 interceptions? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> how long ago was that, 2015. Speedy? 2015. How, how long ago was that? That would be about eight, eight years, years ago. ago yeah. Eight years ago. That was his rookie season. Okay? Then his second year, 3,987 yards. Tell me the last quarterback to do that, Speedy. Oh, I don't know how far you're going back for that one. What, Vinny Joe Namath? No, Joe oh, Namath. You're, you're jo- Joe you're, Namath. You're, hold on, hold on. This is, this is sad. This okay. is honestly sad. But it's true. You're, you're, it's no, no, true. No, this, no, 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 no. Hold on. This is honestly really sad because you're trying to judge Derek Carr being good no, no. by the ineptitude of every Jets quarterback ever. That, like, that's the standard that you want to set. Come on, but Also judge oh, the ineptitude Jeff. of the Raiders. Look so. at the division. Look at the division the Raiders are, are into. That's a good division. That is a good and he, division. And, be, and he might be going to a better division if he, if he goes to the Jets. Uh, so I don't know about that. Maybe, no. Maybe, but no. again, the, the, no. think about the, think about the AFC the West. Look who, look who, first of all, look who Derek Carr had to play over the years. He had to play Philip oh, Rivers. Hall of, Famer. Waller, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Hold on. Yeah, Philip, Philip Rivers, a Hall of Hunter Famer. Renfro, third yeah. and Renfro. Are you done? Are you done? Uh, no, Peyton Manning, you make, you make them, Peyton you make Manning, them seem like 
You make them seem like they're bums, and they're not. That's what's hilarious about No, them. but you're making has, it seem like Derek Carr's a bum when he's not. He's, he's, he's not. not all that good. No, stop that it. Good. Stop it, Jeff. He's in one of the hardest divisions in football. And he's been in one of the hardest divisions in football. And now Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and all those teams. And now Russell Wilson. That was a hard division for you to think and to say that he can't compete. And this year, <laughs> playing in the division that he was, missing two games, threw 3,522 yards, and I don't know, oh, 24 touchdowns. And, okay. Oh. What are, you, what are you saying now? What are you saying now? What, what do you think? What, what do you think? It's late career Phillip Rivers and he Come gets on, all his man. yards of garbage. His time? completion percentage is over sixty percent. This is a good quarterback. This is a good quarterback. He had the league's best rusher on his team, so that should have helped him out even more. He should have thrown for more yards. Yeah, the, and an offensive line that sucked. An offensive line was horrible. He went to Pittsburgh. He went to Pittsburgh and lost to a team that only scored like. Two touchdowns all game. Jeff, so good. They Jeff, lost that game twenty-four. Jeff, their offensive line was horrible. Their defensive line was horrible. Okay, they brought how, what, what did they bring? Brought Chandler Jones in. The guy stunk. Okay, they, Chandler they, Jones was actually very good. No, he had a bad year. Though. He had a bad year. He had a bad year. Jones, Chandler Jones, still Max, pretty good. Max Crosby was the only one that played well. That that's the only one, and that's why he was a Pro Bowl player. Defender. Yeah, he's no, he's fantastic. Yeah, that's it. The rest of that line really struggled. Horrible. Their secondary was a mess this year. Horrible. They were a horrible team. And you sit here and you look at Derek Carr's numbers. And by the way, he missed the last two games because their great coach decided <laughs> to sit him out and not dress him. Oh, by the way, uh, hearing hearing the great coach of and and a GM over there in Oakland saying they have no interest in Aaron Rodgers. Makes me want to laugh. Makes me want to laugh. It shows you how inept Josh McDaniels is. And just how okay? inept the Raiders are. And Derek Carr still played well He's an idiot. That, that guy is going to lose his job at the end of the season. Hello, offensive coordinator position over there with the Patriots. It doesn't matter if O'Brien is there. He'll find another coaching job one way or another. And you'll see Josh Who McDaniel will? put his little panties up the bunch and go in and go and hang out with Bill Belichick by after he gets fired at the end of this season. And then he'll become the next Patriots Raiders coach once Belichick retires. He's there regardless. Raiders can't afford to fire him. We've been over this. Mark Davis is so broke, he can't afford to pay that coach and staff hand another one. By the way, Keith says two good teams in the NFL West. No, uh, 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 absolutely not. In the, AF, in the AFC West, you now you have Russell Wilson with Sean Payton, okay? And they're going to right, be good this year. But that, but that wasn't the case last year, was it? No, but we're talking about his career in the division. Right. Right, and the Broncos have been gone for how long? Come on. Okay, but they they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. They were really good the first three years of his career, and so were the Chiefs still, too. The The Chiefs were still good. And the Chargers were good. And the Chargers were good. The Chargers were good his rookie year and then the middle of his career. But they they always had three teams. Like, Jeff, they always had three teams. Because when the Broncos got bad, then the Chargers started to pick it up. They missed the playoffs barely that first year. And then 2018, they were a 12-4 team. And what do you think the AFC East is going to be? The Patriots are still pretty decent. They're not great, but they're decent, right? The Dolphins are pretty good. I like the that. Yeah. Maybe, and the Bills are maybe the best team. The Dolphins are the, good. The they East. have a quarterback that has had five concussions oh, this year. He thinks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> How good are they going to be? Right, but that has. But Chua doesn't play defense, dummy. Okay, who's throwing good? the ball if he gets injured again this year? Who's I, throwing? I don't. I don't Ryan Tannehill? That's who, what you say? He's who not going the back there. Oh, that'd be funny. <laughs> would that be one of their, is that one of their linebackers that throws the ball on defense? Jeff. Or is that one of their quarterbacks? Jeff. No one throws the ball on defense. The Dolphins' defense is still So good. what? The this Jets' defense was fourth what, in the league this year, and they had nobody that right? could throw the ball. Right, Where did they go? 
Where right? did they he go? He won't have to play it right, but he won't have to play against the Jets defense. He's still going to play against a very good Patriots defense, a very good Dolphins defense, and a very good Bills. And what are the Jets defense? Chop liver? No, but he's not going to have to play against them. That's why I'm not mentioning them because Derek Carr isn't going to line No, up he's got him as a defense. He's got him as a defense. And the Jets' offensive line, if they bring in Derek Carr, guess what they could do? At number 13, draft an offensive lineman. They have, obviously, Elijah Tucker coming back. I know. That's that's worked out so well for them the last five drafts when they've been drafting offensive linemen. They've all been good. Listen, Jeff, I, I know you want to take shots at the Jets, and Woody Johnson's going down to the combine. Yes, you are. You're deep. going You're no, going no, to take no, shots at the Jets and Derek no, Carr and what the Jets no, are doing this offseason. No, I'm not. The Jets had a great defense, but Derek Carr isn't going to have to play the Jets' defense. He's going to have to play the Patriots, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Well, all have good defenses, who are all better defenses than any of the defenses in the AFC West. Keith, any I know. Keith, I know there were two good teams in the AFC West, but I'm talking about this year, and I'm talking about the last seven, eight years. That that AFC West is one of the best divisions in football for the last eight or nine years. And and by the way, Derek Carr played in a very hard division. And if the numbers that he's put up for years, and with a team that's inept who can't stay healthy, never stays healthy. Remember the year that Darren Waller wasn't 100 percent healthy. Who was he throwing to? Who is he? Oh, I'm sorry. Devontae Adams? Uh, give me a break. Devontae. It was only one Adams year. and Jacobs. That was their whole offense. And that was it. One year. What about the other years? Who is he throwing to? Darren Waller can't stay healthy. Darren Waller's only been there for what? Two, uh, four, four years. Year, four think, years. You know. He was found by, uh, obviously, John Gruden from Baltimore. And in, 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 what do they call that? Um, Hard Knocks. Yeah. Hard Knocks. Okay. You, you sit you sit here today, and you say that Derek Carr is a, an okay quarterback? This guy is a quality quarterback. As a matter of fact, if you compare him to some of the quarterbacks, I would rank him at 12 or 11 in the league right now. Right. I would take him. So to sit here and say, hey, I, it's better than any quarterback the Jets had last year, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before. Right, he's instantly the best quarterback the Jets have ever had. But that's what the Jets need. They don't. They just need a quarterback that can get them to the playoffs. And as soon as they get into the playoffs, anything hey, can the, happen. The, the anything could happen. Released Marcus Mariota, so I would get used to that. For Wait, you. Marcus Mariota. Get used to eating dog crap because that's what you're going to be doing. You were the one that said the Jets would have made the playoffs last year if they had anyone besides Zach Wilson at quarterback. Yes, anybody. Yes, anybody. If they would have, if they had anyone remotely inept. They are remotely competent. They would have, they would have been able to uh, make the playoffs easily, very much so, because the defense was that good. But there's, there's other several factors. A, and I know this will upset Errol because he has to Here defend them every chance. Here we go. We, no, 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 no. We don't know that the Jets' defense is going to be as good next year as they were this past it, year. All they got to be they is a top ten defense. All they have to be is a top ten defense, and they'll be competitive, and they'll be hard to beat. If you have right, a quarterback right, that can make right, the right, throws, they can be competitive. Right, they can be competitive, but. If, if there's a slippage there, you don't know that the offense is just going to take off with Derek Carr because he's going to have to learn yet another, again, another new offense. He, and you're also and you're also not not taking into consideration. Maybe the Patriots get it better. Maybe, maybe they don't. They're bringing maybe in the coaches. They're bringing the Jets are bringing in coaches that know Derek Carr very very well. They're bringing oh, wow. they're bringing the they're offensive coordinator. They brought in the offensive coordinator for who. The Texans last year who got fired, who, by the way, knows Derek Carr 
very, very well. So they actually, and Nathaniel Hackett, the way they run their offense in the West Coast offense, that's the offense that he wants to play. He wants to play an, a, a spread offense that can play West Coast and run the ball and then call the plays at the line of scrimmage. That's what Nathaniel Hackett likes to do. That's what Aaron Rodgers did when he was over there with the Green Bay Packers. I think it's a perfect fit if they get Derek oh, Carr. I, I thought the Hackett connection was because they were getting Rodgers. No, no, no. First of all, no, and I told you that. I told you that no matter no matter what they do, no matter what didn't they you do. Did say last week he didn't even want Derek Carr? What happened? I, no, he said he didn't want him impulsively. Just I didn't want, him yes, I, I didn't want him impulsively. Exactly. And, and, and to me, I'd rather Aaron Rodgers. 100% wrong. But I'm not giving away my prospects, my future, for an Aaron Rodgers that is only going to be there for two years. And you have to pay. And then you have to find a way to, uh, to move contracts and stuff. If you bring in somebody like Derek Carr, you can still sign your guys, still find a way, a wiggle room. You can still keep Carl Lawson and the guys that you have. And then you draft the guys that you want, re- keep building on this young team, and then go into the season where you've got a, a new young offensive line that's going to be very... It's a, of, it's a lot of assumptions though because you're assuming what, Derek Carr's going to take less of a contract? No, he's 35. He wants 30. 40. Everything that we have heard is he he's willing to take between 35 and $40 million. And that's a steal for the New York Jets. That's a steal for any team. Especially with the contracts some of these quarterbacks are getting. So, I think it's a steal. It's a steal. And if the Jets... This is the smart move for the Jets. I'm just saying... Sign Derek Carr, bring Derek Carr in, then draft at number 13 an offensive lineman. You have Elijah Vera Tucker. He's an all-pro type of guard. What are you going to do with Makai Becton? You're bringing him back. You're bringing him back. George Font's gone. George Font's gone. They're going to to drop. They're dropping Dwayne Brown, okay? They're not bringing Dwayne Brown back next year. They're just not. They're not. They're going to move Makai Beckham to the right right tackle Boy, the team position. Chef is going to be busy with all these fat guys on the team, huh? Really? Because uh, if you look at Makai Beckham, he's lost seventy pounds. He's looked pretty well, damn good. Four hundred. <laughs> well, he was actually four thirty, but uh, uh, he lost seventy pounds, and he's in good shape right now. Go look wow. at the pictures. Seventy pounds, like that's a big deal. That's a big. Pick, could you lose seventy pounds? How many times? How many feet. times in your life did you lose seventy pounds? Let's hear it. Oh, n- never, because I was never 500 fucking pounds. Yeah, but you lost 30 pounds, right? You lost 30 pounds, right? Is that oh, yeah, what you... yeah. No, yeah, I'm down. Oh, congratulations, by the way. Like I give you credit. I'm down 22. No, I'm down like 22 or 23 pounds. All right, congratulations. I give you credit for that. It's no big deal. It's just a little effort. I'm not uh, lazy like the beef. <laughs> Here he goes attacking the beef again. Come on, Jeff. Not an attack. It's an inaccurate evaluation. <laughs> it's your evaluation, Okay. Uh, and it's also accurate. <laughs> How do you know if it's accurate when you never met the guy? He just looks like he's got that sloppy face. He looks like he sweats garlic. Sweats garlic? I mean, yeah, he looks what? like he stinks. <laughs> uh, Joe Douglas says Derek Carr left a strong impression on the Jets, and, and that's why Woody Johnson's heading down to the combine. He is going to try to persuade Derek Carr to pick the Jets, and and I think the Jets have made their cho- choice and their decision. They want to push with Derek Carr because it makes a lot of sense when it comes to contracts, and it makes a lot of sense moving forward. He's 31 years old, going to be 32 as the season starts. You can sign him to a four- or five-year deal. It means Zach Wilson is probably on, on his way out. 
The Jets will probably keep him this year as the backup because you don't know what could happen this year because uh, you still have control at, at Zach Wilson. Maybe Zach Wilson this season shows you know in practice that he could still play. And maybe the Jets move him in the offseason next year and get some picks for him. Who knows? If not, they drop him or trade him, whatever the hell they do. If Derek Carr comes to this team, it means that Zach Wilson, uh, I guess, uh, experiment. experiment is over. What does, it mean? what does it mean they might be able to beat the Jaguars? What does that mean? The Jaguars were pretty good this year, Jeff. And they're getting a, a good, pretty good wide receiver. Uh, they told, are. Not what, I was told, not what I was told. I was told that they stunk. And there, the he goes. The He's a, the Jeff, there he goes. Jeff, do not slander the Kings that came back down 27 nothing in the playoffs Kings. against the Chargers. Yeah. And, Kings. I also know that, and I also know that the, the Jaguars didn't even have a very good quarterback. I know that Zach Not in the first half of that game, but in the second half. Nobody said he wasn't good, Jeff. I never said that Trevor Lawrence wasn't good. What? He was. was yeah. No, and no, I, he wasn't. I blame, I blame the Jets. No, I blame the Jets and, and that brass bringing in an offensive coordinator that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Okay? You are literally the only person that rated Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence. The only one on the No, I wasn't. 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 So just so you know. Oh. Quite a few people rated him higher. No, not New Yorkers. No, not New Yorkers. Ex-quarterbacks. Ex-quarterbacks that thought Steve Young thought Zach. No. Yeah, Chris Sims, Steve Young, Tony Romo, Tony Romo. terrific quarterback that he is. Uh, uh, How about Steve Young? Is he a Hall of Famer? Steve Young? He's got dementia. I'm just saying, did Steve Young say that? He did. I have no idea. He did. He did. You can go look it up. Tony Romo did, too. Tony Romo did too. I'm just telling you what quarterbacks and what what ex quarterbacks said that he was going to you be good. Well, you might as well get your picks from Kenny. What is the? I'm just telling you what other people have said, Jeff. Why are you making jokes? I bring up guys that said it, and you're the one that's trying to attack it. What are you? Oh, what is wrong with you? Very easily attackable. It's terrible. Trevor Lawrence was way better than LeBron James will miss at least two weeks with a right Good. foot injury. Uh, what does this What does this say uh, as far as the Lakers' chances of making the playoffs? Here's what it says: Not a chance in hell. Okay, this team. I I, I love what they did at the trade deadline, bringing in. Uh, I think a guy that they should have never, Russell should have never been traded. You could thank Magic Johnson for that, okay? Magic Johnson screwed that up. They don't need him. The Lakers are in good hands. Oh, yeah? The great Jared Vanderbilt. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm what, sure. Jared what, what, Vanderbilt's what, been a very good speedy yard. No, no, no. He's a great he's defender. Very, uh, offensively, he doesn't bring a lot. Yeah, I think he had like 25 points the other night, didn't he? No, I'm not saying he's never had good offense. But he's mostly it. a defensive player. I, I'm just sitting here and I'm looking. I'm looking at where the Lakers are as far as their their division and and in that uh, West. I I don't even. They were at the skin of their skin of their teeth. Okay, there's just there's no way they're going to make the playoffs. The Lakers are right now 12th. They're outside looking in. They're 29 and 33. Mm. Okay, they're they're. You have the Portland Trailblazers that are 29 and 32. By the way, Dame is playing flat out unbelievable basketball, and I think they could really move in. New, the, the Pelicans, who at one point was second place in the Western Conference, yeah. they fell all the way down. They're 30 and 32. Uh, they're about, I would say, a game over both Paul, uh, Portland and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Pelicans are the equivalent of what Chicago was last year. The Utah Jazz are 31 and 30. This the Western Conference is horrible. It's all bunched up like it's 6 horrible. through 13. It's This is Could you imagine the Power Western Conference? And by the way, 
by the way, I, I know a lot of people are excited about Golden State being 32 and 30 and they're playing decent basketball and when stuff. This team is not good. They're all banged okay? up right now. Like everyone's not, hurt. Even if – they're not good. All right? And, uh, and by the way, for Wes to pick them to win the whole thing again <laughs> this right. year, that, that's another smack in the face. There's no way Golden State is winning it all this year. There's no way. So, Wes, you better put your money where your mouth is because you're going to be losing a lot of money this year. Now, Wes, Wes will keep his streak going with the Rangers, and then he'll continue, and then he'll end there with the Warriors. The Rangers are not winning this stuff at Stanley Cup. All your, good, all your good vibes go to the Rangers, Wes. You, you could, you could, the Warriors just won last year. You could take it away from the Warriors. They're not. Look at New Rangers. York's best team, the Devils, up 3 nothing on the end. They're not New York's best team. They're in New Jersey. If you want to say the so Metropolitan. The so metropolitan the area, the New York. that's the metropolitan, okay? They're not New York. It's the metro. There is a, there, there's only one team in New York, and that's the Rangers. And then there's that, that crappy franchise on that, that strip of land that should just goes. fall into there the goes. ocean. Yeah. <laughs> and you then there's you. upstate, they got Buffalo. You're from Rhode Island, you idiot. What, southern, southern you're from Canada. Rhode Island. And you you're talking, you're speaking about an island in Long Island, which is bigger and better it's, than it's, Rhode Island. A crappy Rhode little Island's island. It's not even an island, dummy. Why do they call it Rhode Island, then? It's right on the water. It's, a whole, it's, a it's whole on the water, right? Yes, it, it okay. is on the water. All right. We're all hoping right. Long Island right. falls apart. The only good part of that part of New York is Fisher's Island. Great golf course in Fisher's Island. <laughs> By the way, Jeff. What about want... Bethpage Black in Shinnecock? Uh, Bethpage Black is nothing really special, honestly. How about Shinnecock? Like, How about Shinnecock? Shinnecock's very good. The best ones you probably don't even know. Like, National Golf Links of America is probably the best one New York has. Was Shinnecock the U.S. Open you went to when the winner finished like a minus one or something like that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Isn't the Riders going to be here next year? Or this year? Uh, I don't know if it is the Ryder Cup in New York. I think it's going to be uh, on Bethpage Black. the Europeans now, I guess. <laughs> so stupid. You're such a stupid ass, man. You I, really... No, New York's got some great golf courses. Upstate, they got a great one called Tuxedo. The Tuxedo Club is really great. Uh, now, I'm talking about Long Island. Island. Yeah, September 2025. Oh, no, yeah. Beth Long Island has some like, But like all the good ones you probably never heard of. Like I don't play golf. Or... I don't play golf. So I, I, I don't know. Atlantic. Atlantic is good. Uh, National Golf Links of America is very good. Sabonic, very good. Beth Page Black, it's, it's a, a, a goat track. <laughs> to go track. I, it's only I, every like single player that I know that's played on it says it's a great course, hard, because, but great course. Yeah, I mean it's not all that hard. And because here's the thing, here's what they do for, to, and they do this to every golf course for a U.S. Open, right? Is all they do is they the grow grass, the fairways yeah. in. But yeah, they just grow the fairways in, and they don't water the greens, so the greens become super hard. You can make any golf course hard by doing that. Mm. You can make any one of them hard, but like the actual real hard ones. Yeah, National Golf Links America, impossible. Hmm. Impossible. And it's impossible daily. It's not impossible because the USGA comes in there and tries to trick it up like a bunch of idiots. All right. But going back to basketball, Jeff, by the way, do you want to know what uh, Jared Vanderbilt's point per game is this year? It's 8.3. <laughs> Seven point nine rebounds. Very impressive. League. It's the best eight points in the league. Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt's <laughs> terrific. <laughs> of course. Uh, getting back oh, into – I have no dog in the fight. I'm calling it. I see Jared Vanderbilt's playing great basketball. He's made a, a big difference for that team in the past week, two weeks. You know what I'm saying? He's been very good for them since that trade. Very good for them. 
I think when you look at the West right now, and obviously you're you're going to have your opportunity to see Kevin Durant uh, make his uh, debut. Uh, he's he's a guy that definitely gives the Phoenix Suns an opportunity to take their their team to the next level. The, the, there's something interesting Giannis said on a on a show uh, this past weekend, uh, which is very interesting. And he, I believe he was taking shots at Kevin Durant, but also being a little bit more funny when it comes to his personality. He said that, you know, if, if you want to go to another team and create a super team, then go. But don't brag about it. Don't go out there and brag about it and, and stuff like that. He said that if he wants to learn how to build a team of his own, he, he can come and hang out with him and he'll teach him. He'll, he'll give him his own opinion towards it or his own thoughts to it. So Giannis doesn't like, and I, I agree with Giannis, you shouldn't be jumping ship and going to another super team. You shouldn't be doing that. If you're as good as you say you are and you're as good of an athlete as you have been in the NBA, you shouldn't have to do that. But that's not, but that's not really the quote. And Giannis should actually be embarrassed and his team mm-hmm. should be able to all line up and punch him in the face for what he said. Because part of what he said was, mm-hmm. oh, he needs super teams. He didn't carry a team like I did. Yeah. Really? You carried the team? Like Drew Holiday is nothing – like, Brooke Lopez isn't a pretty good center. Like, Chris Middleton is dog food. No, they should all punch him in the face because they all played really big roles in that. And I find it... You're going to punch... You're going to punch the top, a top three player in the NBA in the face. Yeah, but... Yeah, you're going to yeah, punch yeah, that because, behemoth in the face. The honest is an athletic freak. Drew, There's a reason they call him a Greek freak. I get it. I get it. But it wasn't just him. Drew Holiday... Nobody's saying it's him. Nobody said it. Nobody's no, saying no it was him. Well, one person. No, he didn't. He no. didn't say it because of me. He didn't say that. No, he did. He said he said Durant didn't carry a team to a championship. He didn't. I did. Yes. He didn't. Yes, he did say that. He didn't. Yes, he did. He No, he helped. He said he helped carry a team to a championship. He didn't say he. He helped carry a team. Go look at the words that, that he true. said. I was Drew Holiday and punch him right in the mouth. Listen, the fact is, Yana, to me, Giannis is right. Giannis should he should say what he feels about the whole situation. And again, I, Giannis is still one of the top three players in the league, and, and Kevin Durant's one of the top five players in the league. But when Kevin Durant decided to leave Golden State and go to Brooklyn and go form a, a top team with Kyrie Irving and, and James Harden, he he failed. He failed to build a team that, by the way, he decided to ditch OKC when they were one game away from knocking off the Golden State Warriors and possibly winning a championship. And I believe they probably would have went on to win a championship. He left Russell Westbrook. He left. And here's the the quote. I can teach you how to carry your own team. That's the quote. That's the direct quote. Yeah, but, I can teach you. But hold on. Hold on. He That's let... the quote. So he carried that team? False. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. There was a ton of great players on that on that team. Pat Connaughton was a great role player. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, I can Speedy, go look at the numbers team. of the Greek freak no, in no, the playoffs. Not the look at the quote. You just told me. No, no. Hold on. Go look, at, go look at the Greek freak's numbers the year they won the, the NBA championship. Go look right. at his numbers. He didn't. He go didn't look at his numbers. the team. He had help. He had help. That's in the, the NBA. You in the NBA. You could have help, uh, uh, Jeff. Oh, right. But you. He right. is the guy that carried the team. He did. He did. No. He also played hurt in that the the, the finals. 
Oh, the, let's give he did. Purple Heart. He's he did. Hero. Purple Heart. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> purple Heart. You're so stupid, man. You really are. I, I would be offended right. if I was his teammate. Because Go ahead, Speedy. All right, so 31.7 points per game. Mm-hmm. He had uh, 6.8 assists per game, 14.2 rebounds per game, shooting... Uh, he shot badly from three, twenty-two, but overall forty-nine point one percent, and shot how many steal, uh, how many blocks? Sixty-eight percent from the free throw line. He had one point three blocks, almost point, two, seven, okay. point seven steals. Okay, point seven steals. So how many players? Have, how many players? How many players in and how many players in NBA history had those numbers in the finals? Dude, who who knows and who cares? That's not the point. The point. That is, is the he point. Had a bunch of, no, he might have led. He might have led the team in numbers because I know that you love to blow numbers. Oh, the numbers! Go, 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 go! Let's choke on him, right? No, dude, Chris Middleton, great player. Drew Holiday, great player. He had just as much help as anybody else has had. Yes, of course, there's a star on a team, but there was also. Did he jump ship? Right when, did him. he jump ship when he had a chance to leave uh, the Bucks? Did he? Did he? No, because for some reason he likes playing in that frozen bullshit place. No, th- that was the organization that took a chance at him at uh, at number fifteen. They Wait, took so a maybe chance. He's got loyalty, so maybe he's the he's the anti Johnson. And that shows you the him. type of player that he is. Did Kevin Durant have loyalty no, to OKC? Did he have loyalty? Come on. First of all, did he have loyalty? First of all, here's the problem. Oh, he he loyalty, decided to go play with Steph Curry no, 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 and Clay Thompson. No, and Draymond Boring Green, loyalty, who likes to show loyalty, his pee-pee on Snapchat. Loyalty, and likes to, kick, has, and likes to kick other people's. Loyalty has nothing to do with what you are as a player. It speaks to character, and maybe his character is high, and I can agree with you on that. That's a good move, good for him. But has, it has nothing to do with how you are as a player. Nothing. Zero. Sticking around is, has nothing to do with what you are as a player. So you try to make that correlation is some sort of moronic thing. Really, that's a moronic thing. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, really. Yeah. It's more I'm thinking. Maybe it's a high You're sitting in the Hamptons. Maybe. You're sitting in the Hamptons, and Draymond Green and Steph Curry fly out there to sit with you because you decided, hey, you know what? I had a chance to knock this team off uh, the year before, and I, I, I screwed up in game number seven, and then all of a sudden leave the OKC Thunder and go to the same team that knocked me out. To win a championship and to win two championships and then then decide, you know what, I don't want to play for this team anymore because I look like a complete idiot. I'm going to go and play another and create another super team. And now he's going to Phoenix to to create another super team. But it has nothing to do with what you are as a player. The fact that you move around has nothing to do with you. You hated him. You're trying to, you're trying no, to tell me that J- Jason Tatum was a better player. Yes, you do. I don't, yes, you I do. Don't hate him. Yes, you no, do. I don't. Yes, you LeBron's do. Moved around. LeBron's moved around, so I guess he's not as good of a player because he's moved around to a bunch of teams. Really? Really? Oh, now, let me ask you this question. As much as LeBron James jumped from one place to the other, and he did create a super team in Miami, okay? He absolutely did. He yeah, did. Like, yeah, no, no, if, no. if Kevin Dur- can't be very if, good because he's moved around to a couple of teams, and that just shows you're not as good of a player if you move around, right? Because Kev- you're a better player if you stay with one team. Is what your argument is? My argument is is Giannis never left. He stayed there and right. carried a team. Right. So right, right. So you're, but you're saying that made him a better player. The fact that he stays that makes him a better player. No, it doesn't. It shows that he's it just loyal. Makes him loyal. Now, that, and yeah. that's the most important thing to a player is, is <laughs> keeping him loyal. And and that's and that you was, have to have. If he was all that loyal to the team, he wouldn't have said that he carried those other guys. He would have said, "Stop, we have a great Jeff, team stop." Here, and that, that's that's what team guys do. Stop. They give credit to other people. Oh, yeah? When you see the greatest defender, in the have league, you ever heard Michael Jordan speak? Smart, he gives credit. Have to you others. ever heard Michael yeah. Jordan speak? 
yeah, I watched the documentary. You know what? He was crediting Luke Longley. Chris, get out of uh, here. He Scotty said, Hippen, uh, get out of here. He knew damn well, and he has said it plenty of times, that he carried that team. Don't, don't. Uh, at the last dance, he absolutely said he carried that team. He was the guy. So don't tell me. a lot of other guys for pitching in. Yeah, he so really did. And, and you're telling me that Giannis doesn't credit any of those guys? He loves his guys. As a matter of fact, in the All-Star game, he picked his guy, Drew Holiday, at number two. So tell me he oh, doesn't love his so guys. Loyal. Yes. That's so loyal. Yes. In a, in a game that he picked Dame over him, and then he picked him. Two guards. And by the way, they won. I know. It was oh, just my the All-Star God. That's game. so amazing. They won an All-Star game. I know. I Let's knew he was going to say Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. Let's put him in the Hall of Fame. The All-Star game I'm waiting amazing. for it. I'm waiting. Keith says, let me get Irving and Harden. Uh, we'll be a super team, and I will jump. I'll take Giannis. He's a great team player. Errol is right. The Bucks players love him. They aren't offended by what Giannis has said. I agree. And Giannis is a they guy that offended. stands for something. They should be offended because those are great players and he should give them more credit. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. They should give him more credit because Giannis is saying, oh, I'll teach him how to carry the team. I'm sure he's Dude, done that, though, internally, though. But I think he's creating the notion of comparing him with Kevin Durant, who's jumped ship three times. That's yeah. a big difference. And, and, and want to know something? Yeah, he can't Kevin win Durant by himself. Best li- let, let Kevin Durant live his best life. Why is he so preoccupied with what other people are doing? He should be more. I think. I think he's just. I mean, again, it might not have also been the direct with just him, but it's also showing. Look at this generation of NBA superstar players. Not a lot of them have jumped ship like the younger ones now. It's embarrassing. Okay. He's in, he's embarrassed the league. So does LeBron James. Oh, oh, LeBron James complaining. Oh, this team's not good enough. They make a chance. They made it made a trade at the trade deadline. They had D'Angelo Russell. They still can't win. So what's going to happen in the offseason? LeBron James is going to want to jump ship. That's what he's going to want to do. He is going to jump ship and go to another no, he's organization. Got for, he's got a deal with Genie, but he's not jumping anymore. He's got a deal with Genie. We'll see. Him and his stupid broken foot are going to draft his kid. Uh, I think there'll be other teams interested in drafting him. No, no one's interested. He stinks. <laughs> he does. He stinks. He's the 34th rated prospect in his own draft class. That's what he is. The 34th rated prospect. He stinks. Okay. I but... mean, he's good. He's good in general. But if you're 34th, you're not all that good. All right. He still, can, he still has time to change that, though. He might go down, got, too. I'm not denying that. Right, I think he's a little you're small. Right, you're, you're I right, think he's Speedy. small. He does have, you're right, Speedy. He does have time. He has 12 months okay. to jump. All of these people, that's not very much time. And by the way, you're 34th, and what do you think? Those kids are going to take the summer off and go, oh, I'm No, 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 no I'm not saying that. I, 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 we've seen, we've seen in any college sport, we've seen really fast jumps happen. So if he does play well, he'll have to play really well elevated to the, to the top he 10 level. He but dodged, Dude, he, he's, he won't get better. He just dodged the number one team in California and sat out because he didn't want to get embarrassed. Go ahead. Go look that one up. Did he was he healthy and sat out against the number one team because he didn't want to be made a fool? Yeah, that happened. He's not gonna get better. He's gonna get body bagged in college. There's the word. That's what's gonna happen to him. Where's Banana Land? Where's Banana Land for old Jeff? You 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 you, you wait until Brownie makes it to college and fourth stringers are crossing that kid up, you're gonna be like, oof. No, no, I'm not saying he is gonna be prince. good. I'm not I, I wasn't saying that I'm guaranteeing to be good. I'm just saying he has time to improve where he could still become a first round but pick. He won't. I don't but think he he's won't. I don't think he's an early first round draft pick, but I think he's a late first round draft pick. And I think teams looking at him and knowing that they can get LeBron James absolutely are going to look to, to draft him because you you land well, still a, a very good LeBron James. If he's going to give you the numbers the numbers he's giving or even close to the numbers that he's giving right now, you even if he gives that, you 25. 
You draft that kid, all you're doing is drafting a glorified paperweight that's going to hold down the 12th seat at the end of the bench. <laughs> and he might, but if that Who gets cares? LeBron there, if that it gets might LeBron not there, it gives you a chance. It might not matter. They might spend a, they, a draft pick. Let's, you don't know Come what on. these teams are going to have I, extra I, I, down and the by road. the way, I want to, before we end the show, I want to get into the Knicks, how, how great they're playing right now. And, and yes, they played a Celtic team without Jalen Brown, but they also beat a Celtic team in win. Boston. Yeah, still a good win. It, it's still a good a win. win. They've won six games in a row. They, they've been hot this year. Jalen Brunson. Yep, and Jalen Brunson, I, I, I don't know how, he had 30 points at the half. Jalen Brunson's playing out of his mind right now. And, and, He's and the, so good. And, and the Knicks have to get a lot. Of, we've had a, so many guys on the show saying that Jalen Brunson is not going to fit with the Knicks. They were completely wrong. Jalen Brunson was the biggest acquisition out of any free agency this offseason. He has been nothing but great for the New York Knicks. The Knicks right now are the fifth seed, and you see what a point guard could do and change to 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 what the Knicks were not last year to the team that they are this year and and, and I I think in the offseason they have to decide what they're doing with Julius Randle. He is having a good season. At his highest point, you should move a guy like this. If you want to bring in Zach Levine, you want to bring in one of these guys that fit your culture, fit what you're looking uh, to do when it comes to shooting, you need to decide what you're doing with Julius Randle. He hogs the ball. He shoots too much a game. But they're winning right now. And they're getting enough off the bench. Quickly, he's up for a sixth man of the year. I don't think he's going to win. But... Uh, R.J. Barrett's starting to play well. He's starting to get healthy. This team could be dangerous in the playoffs. They're not winning. They're not being in the Celtics. They're not going to be Milwaukee. And I think they could be Philadelphia. I really do. And they're not going to be Cleveland. But all the other teams in the Eastern Conference, they could compete against. And they could beat. So to, to even be compared as a top four team. And right now, they're what? Four games out of being a, a, a fourth seed? I, I mean, I, I think they're right there. Where they can they can actually be a fourth seed going into the playoffs. So I I still question what the Knicks are, but they have a point guard. Josh Hart has been a great pickup for the New York Knicks. He's been fantastic. They're all so good. No, but yeah, they're, they're two and a half back of Cleveland right now. Four and a half back of Philly, who's yeah. not far behind Cleveland. So so I mean, in the position that the Knicks are right now, it, it adding Josh Hart. It's giving them a little bit of research, and and I think that where the Knicks are right now as an organization and what they are, you should be happy as a Knicks fan. Uh, You have James Dolan stepping away. He's not saying anything. He's letting the team be run by Rose. Rose made made some good acquisitions in the offseason. He really did. Even at the trade deal, adding Josh Hart, the contracts that he gave R.J. Barrett and Jalen Brunson, those are affordable contracts moving forward. Even Mitchell Robinson, who's been one of the better centers when healthy this year, uh, he is not a guy that, you know, is going to put up three-point numbers, but the guy goes and he gives you points, he gives you rebounds, he gives you blocks. He can do all the things that you need in the paint against the bigger, more talented centers in the league. So, I think in the position that the Knicks are, they're going to be able to compete in the playoffs. And you have a guy like Jalen Brunson, if he stays healthy, where he could take over a game. If you're a Knicks fan, you should be very, very excited what the Knicks are doing. The Knicks are actually one of the one of the uh, I think six teams in the league that have a top ten offense and defense right now. It's been unbelievable. Wise. Now, am I a big fan of what Tom Thibodeau has done this year? Not really. I I think they're on and off. But Tom deserves a lot of credit because for all the different players he's had in that lineup, in his starting lineup, even bringing Josh Hart, now he's moved to the starting lineup, he has given some of the young players an opportunity to to show what they could do, and that's why Quigley is a six-man-of-the-year candidate. And also, these players believe in the way he is coaching this team. So 
going into the playoffs, and who knows where they're going to end up. They can end up in 7th or 8th, or they can end up at 4 or 3, possibly, if they get hot again. Or they can continue staying hot. Where they are right now, you cannot argue that this team has definitely grown. They They believe in the talent that they have around them, and they have a young 26-year-old point guard that actually can play the game. They haven't had a point guard this good. I don't even remember. Charlie Ward, give me a break. Chris Childs, give me a break. Nilakina, terrible. Okay? These point guards that we have gone through year in and year out. Garbage. Garbage. And now they finally found a guy, which, by the way, Dallas is probably, yes, Kyrie Irving's a good player, but they're going to be dealing with a lot of crap. Yeah, but yeah, they have to deal with it. They're uh, going to be comments. dealing with a lot of crap. And they got to pay in the offseason. Good luck to Mark Cuban paying that guy uh, max deal. But you have Jalen Brunson on a, a good deal who is having a fantastic year. I, I think Dallas made a big mistake letting this kid go. And I think the, the Knicks right now, Rose looks like, a, a really, really smart guy. Okay, he really looks smart. He gave uh, Brunson a four-year deal, an affordable contract, one hundred, one hundred and six, under four million, one hundred and four million. I mean, the Knicks are going to have a chance in the next year or two years to add another player, uh, a max player, and trade maybe a Jalen, a Julius Randle, where they could absolutely complete compete for a championship if they get this right. And they have eight. First round draft picks. Mm. Keith, so, says, Keith says Clyde Frazier probably was the last great point guard. I would yes. take Brunson over Kyrie. He's a smart guy. <sighs> I, 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 Kyrie's the best point guard in the NBA. He is the best point guard in the NBA. When when he doesn't open his mouth, there are not many guys that have the talent that. J- I don't a know. Guy he like got him. shut down last year in the playoffs, didn't he? Yeah, but he shut him down in the playoffs last year. Who? Yes, Marcus Smart. We know. <laughs> Okay, That's but, right, Defender of the Year, who, by the way, wasn't even a top-ten defender in the league. Right? Oh, he's so stupid. You would he take him, so would stupid. you take him talent-wise over here, too? John Morant and Damian Lillard? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Kyrie Irving Kyrie is the most talented point guard in the NBA. Right. He's most talented. Do I think he's the best? He's the most talented. Okay, that's fair. He is the most talented. Who do I think is the, the all-around best point guard in the league? If John Morant keeps the gun to himself, right. I, it, it, <laughs> yeah. John Morant. Okay? John Morant's in a lot of trouble. I know. John Morant not only could be fined and, and suspended from the NBA for the rest of the season, he could go to jail. He could go to jail for what he did, beating up a kid, okay, and then pulling out his gun on him. This is this is horrible, and it, and, and it really looks bad for the NBA. I don't care what the – because he's a star, they're going to try to hide this. This is embarrassing and an embarrassment, and it's posted. The videos are posted. On social media, what he did. TMZ posted it. It is disgraceful. And, and, and I love John Moran. I think he's a special player. I think he's one of the best players the NBA's had in a very long time. He's better than Russell Westbrook. And some people tried to compare his skills to Russell Westbrook when John Moran came into the league. He's much better than Russell Westbrook because he could shoot. He was the best but, clutch player in the yes, NBA last season, but, too. But to do what he did... On the basketball courts to a kid. And I don't care what he's saying to him on the court. I have seen it. I've seen the worst things happen on a basketball court. When you're an NBA superstar, you don't need to beat some kid up because you didn't like him. And then pull a gun to him. It is embarrassing. And and the NBA needs to look at it. I, I don't know what. I, I don't know what the Grizzlies are going to do. I don't because he is everything to the Grizzlies. They're not going to they're not going to uh, trade him or move him. But I can't see the Grizzlies playing him anymore this year. 
I, I, I would. It's not like last year where they've survived without him. I don't know. I, I don't know if he plays the rest of the season. I think the NBA need to suspend him. He might go to jail too. Yeah. He might go to jail. This is horrible for the NBA and for a lot of people to sit here and not think that it You're is. You're not sure if they play John Morant the rest of the season. He's currently playing tonight. No, I, I know that. No, but once he gets suspended. Once he gets suspended. Right now, the NBA is looking into it. Right. They're going to suspend him. And he is probably – right now, he is, uh, he, I think he's out on bail, if I'm not mistaken. He, yeah, he's he out. Got, yeah, he's out he got out on bail. He's out completely on bail for that one charge, but there could be other charges, though, too. But he's getting suspended, and he could go to jail. Right. He could go to jail. Which, and, and trust me, unless he pays off the kid, which he probably will, he probably will. But the NBA cannot let this kid, this uh, this kid in John Moran, get away with this. And even so, if it if the case still drags out, they're going to be he's going to pay. Could be suspended into the playoffs. He is going so. to pay these ki- this kid. We've seen all these NBA yeah. superstars, uh, NFL superstars. They wind up opening their pockets and paying these guys. He'll give them a million or give them a million and a half to tell them not to show up to court and keep his mouth shut, and everything will be away. It'll go away. Well, yeah, that's definitely possible. What it is though is when it could come to it could happen into the playoffs, which would really hurt <clears> them <throat> if, it, if it comes right around then. There's there's 22 games left for them in the regular season. but He should again, be suspended for the rest of the season. I agree. I'm just saying, like, if the NBA still stalls and it, it takes, the, takes the time, it could hurt them right oh, into the playoffs. Oh, come on. The NBA doesn't want to suspend anybody. Kyrie Irving, oh, no, goes, I agree. I'm Kyrie, not Irving Kyrie Irving goes out and talks anti-Semitic views. They sit him out for nine games. He comes back, and then he gets traded to Dallas and takes it. And then all of a sudden goes out there at the press conference and says, you know, I'm going to take back what I said. Apology. I don't apologize. This guy is an absolute piece of garbage in Kyrie Irving. And he takes it back. And Adam Silver, who, by the way, is Jewish, sat there and said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't matter. And so you is know, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Mark Cuban. Jew, Jewish guy, too. You can play for the New York Rangers. <laughs> I, I'm just, by the way, they tied the game with Philadelphia. But, yeah, I know. It's an overtime. Yes. I'm watching this. Let's go Flyers. Well, let's go Flyers. I thought you had money, Jeff. You had money on the Rangers. I do. I have you betrayed your bets. No, yeah, oh, no, I, I will now because my, my anger has grown for Keandre Miller. He's I, not even playing. He's suspended. I just think, I I just I think when so you're much. a professional athlete and, and you sit here and you look at what these athletes are getting, how much money they're receiving from us fans going to the games and the endorsements and the corporation deals that they're getting, for them to go out there and say the things and do the things on and off the court or off the field is despicable. They're despicable people. And, and for me to sit here, as a, and even young guys, young kids that look up to them, John Marin, love the kid. I think he's a fantastic player. For what he did and the embarrassment that he left for the NBA and the eye, the bad eye that he – the NBA, they all think that they run the world. They think they run the world. LeBron James thinks he's internationally great and he could do whatever he wants and say what he wants. And let me ask you a question with LeBron James. When all these anti-Semitic views came out with Kyrie Irving, did he go out and tell to say everybody, tell everybody that Kyrie Irving was wrong and all that other stuff? He should be ashamed of himself? No, 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 no. Kyrie Irving's a good guy. Why can't you just let, let this go away? Let this go away. He didn't give a crap what he said. But when somebody came out and said something about China, he stuck up for it. Oh, the Rangers just won. I Yep, Tarasenko scores to win it. I'm just, I've, I've had it. I've had it. I've had it with these NBA players. I've had it with these athletes. They deserve every single piece of money that they get. I'm not going to argue. They deserve it. If, if, if teams are going to be willing to give it to them, they should take it. But for to sit here and they make millions of dollars and they think that they run the world and they think they could do whatever the hell they want, they are despicable people. And you can hear, I, I can take Keandre this. Miller. <laughs> Keandre Miller. Yes. He doesn't play in the NBA, Jeff. Doesn't matter. 
making millions of dollars. He thinks he can do whatever. He's on a rookie contract. He can, <laughs> he can, he can eat shit, take your spit, and shove it. I just think that when, when you look at the the my personal view of the way professional sports is viewed at by these athletes, they think that when they become a professional athlete and they show that they're stars, they can do whatever they want. It doesn't matter if it's a woman that they're beating up with domestic violence. It doesn't matter if they... You know it. It doesn't matter the facts that they, they don't want to stand for the national anthem. Okay, that that's that's something that's their view. Whatever they have, they they just want that's to literally hurting nobody. That's a terrible example. No, but but it, it hurt it hurt the fan base. It hurt the fan it's base. A literally a terrible. Example. But it hurt the fan base. That's, Did it not hurt the fan base? Did it not hurt the fan? Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. That's no question. Jeff, did it hurt the fan base? Did it hurt anybody's view yeah, to it hurt the, the snowflakes? Um, snowflakes. I, yeah, that's what hurts. Oh, my feelings got hurt. That's a whole different. But thing did it hurt the that, game? Did it make the? Did it leave a black eye to the NBA? Did it leave a black eye to the NFL? Did it? No, or they did made it not? more money. No, 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 they, no, no. Their money's at an all-time high, so how does it hurt? No, it hurt them. It hurt them. Oh, in your view, the money's at an all-time high. Good. Now never, it is because it's high. out of everybody's minds. Now it's gone. It <clears> disappeared <throat> off the thin of the uh, off the face of the earth. It'll it, be back. Don't worry. The fact is, is when when you look at the views and and, and everybody's views, when it when when LeBron James doesn't like something or he feels that he he believes that it, it to be right, LeBron James won't say anything. When LeBron James doesn't think it's right and he thinks it to be wrong because he's a liberal or whatever or whatever he thinks, he wants to attack it. That's just the way it is. It's, it's I agree. All- he, I agree. He should speak out more. That's why I think the Rangers are scumbags. All the other Ranger players. Speaking out against I don't need LeBron speaking anything about the Rangers. They should not be using any of these athletes. Should not be use, be using the platform of professional sports. It's a privilege to play the should. game. No, they shouldn't. No, no, they shouldn't. Yeah, they should. No, they, they shouldn't. Should. No, they it's shouldn't. Their right no, it's their it's right. Their right. How is it yes, their right? How is it their right? Let's hear it. What what makes them right for it? It's free speech. It's. It's not there. You want you want you want to you want to deny somebody free speech? Why? Go use your own why? platform to do it. Why are you using the NBA <clears throat> or the NFL because or they, the NBA uh, or the speech. MLB or the NHL <laughs> or golf? They can. There's free speech, right? Because they can. It's free speech. They can do that. I, well, I disagree. Well I disagree. Rights. I disagree. Well within their rights. I disagree, Jeff. I disagree. I don't. I, no, I don't. I don't blame them for speaking up their 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 beliefs. They should not be using that platform. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. That's a total contradiction. No, it's not. How is it? How am I contradicting myself now? I want to hear. Let's get. Let's go. Come on. This was the quote. This is the director. Let's go. Let's blame them. I don't. I don't blame them for speaking their mind, but they shouldn't be using it. Not on the platform. Not on the. Not on the league's platform. If they want to use their own platform, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't use the league platform. But they are using their own platform. No, they're not. Using Twitter and stuff like that. No, they're not. Just because you come on, Jeff. 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 Don't lie. Don't lie, Jeff. You know the truth. Then what's, then what's their platform? Then what platform do they have? Come on, Jeff. I, I, I don't want to go into platform? this. I'm we, asking you. What's their platform? What are you talking about? Platform? They go out there. Kai, you, okay. Colin Kaepernick. After the game. After the game when they're talking to the press. That's the platform. They're going. They're speaking up and they're saying their views. They're reaching out and they're saying their views. They're not using their own platform. They're going out there. They're talking to the press. That's not their platform to do that. They're not. They're not they trying do to. Whatever they want. They shouldn't be doing it. They should not. Oh, go use their Twitter page. Go use your Facebook and Instagram and their Snapchat and TikTok. It's all the same. It's all the same. 
whether they say it in, in front of a bunch of cameras or they or they use their Twitter, it's all going to end up in the same place. So I, dis- I disagree, Jeff. Keith says, uh, spot on Errol, especially the NBA and the NFL players. What makes them experts? Just because they have money, they get a platform that none of us get yep. when they get interviewed. 100%. 100%. Well, I, you're mad because they're. I'm not mad. It's funny, like oh, I'm mad. Because, at, oh, I'm mad. They, they got that platform. Well, maybe you should have hit the gym a little more, and so you could have made it, and then you'd have that platform. Then you could use it to to say what you disagree want. because I hit the gym all the time, and I'm in pretty good shape. And right, I, so you're just a terrible athlete. Listen, I'm maybe, not, maybe I'm if not, you skated at 80 miles an hour instead of 70, dude, you made it. dude, I'm far from a terrible athlete. I was a pretty good hockey player. Hurt my knee. If you really don't don't. Don't even get me started with this because Did you hurt your knee skating at seventy miles an hour. You're a dick. You're a dick. You know that? You really are. I'm just saying. I'm you are a question. complete dick. But nevertheless, I love you, but I I disagree with you, and I, I I'm sorry, dude. It's not gonna it's not gonna matter if they use their Twitter platform or say it in front of cameras. You want the case in point that it, that it doesn't matter that video. That Kyrie was referencing that you hate so much that Kyrie did. And by the way, it is despicable. And I do agree with you. Yeah, that was a tweet. He did use his platform. And where did it end up? On the basketball court, as always. So it doesn't matter if they if they tweet it or say it in front of a bunch of cameras. It all ends up in the same place. Did he use the, the did he use the cameras to speak his piece on what he said? Yes or no? Nope. He nope. Hold on. Hold on. Nope. Don't no, lie no, now. No, Don't he, lie now. Don't no, lie now. No, no, no. No, because this, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's what happened. Mm-hmm. He tweeted the video. Okay, yes. That's what. That's the, all right. Use so that's the first thing that happens. So he tweets the movie or the video or whatever, whatever that was. Right? Mm-hmm. He tweets the thing. Yeah. Then he then he shows up to work and everyone's asking him about it. Okay. He's not he. He's not asking them to ask about it. Right? He knew and, they and were gonna. Him. He knew they were going to ask him about it. Hence the reason why he posted up on Twitter. <clears throat> Hold on. Hold on. You just said. Hold huh? on. You just yeah. said. Yeah. They shouldn't be speaking on it. If you want to tweet about it, fine. So I would say no comment. I would say no comment. No comment. But they, but they were all clamoring for it. So he gave Get out of here. No, I, I've heard so many players post something up, and when when they've been asked at press conferences, they say no comment. That's it. Right, well, that's none right, of your business. That's, that, that's fine, right? But. That whole thing started from a tweet, and this is why I'm telling you, it does, it's not going to matter whether they tweet it or they say it or they do whatever. It all ends up in the same place. I disagree, but, you know. What do you mean know. you disagree? disagree? The case in point is Kyrie. It started with a tweet, and then it bled onto the basketball court. It, that's what happened. It bled on in the NBA and these players that all, all about racism and all this other crap, and anti-Semitic views, and then all the players that could have stand stood up, including the, the commissioner, who, by the way, is I Jewish— agree. Sat there and said, you know what? Who cares? You're you're, you're screaming and yelling about something I'm agreeing with you on. Speedy, help me out here. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? It started with a tweet. Errol said tweets were okay. Go tweet about it. So he tweeted about it. Mm -hmm. Where did it end up? Misogyny and tweets are not okay. (laughs) I'm not saying they're okay. I agree with you that it's a disgusting view. But the idea that, oh, well, don't use the basketball. Well, he didn't. He tweeted it. Speedy, did, did, did it come out on the NBA courts after the game at the press conference? Could he but have this, said no yes, comment? Yes or no? Yeah, yeah, or he could have yes. apologized or he something. He could have apologized, yeah. but he had no right. reason to apologize. Right. But right. he had his right. old views. He had all his views with Black Lives Matter and all the crap that he so said you, with so COVID. Should, so okay? You, so your problem is that he should have said no comment and then started tweeting again. 
I just think he's a despicable person. Yeah. And I think I the NBA and I think I think LeBron James is a despicable person. I think uh Kawhi Leonard who didn't say anything is a despicable person. I think the NBA as an organization run by Jews and the commissioner of the NBA is Jewish. David De- David Stern was Jewish. If David Stern was alive, he'd be rolling rolling in his grave right now for what Adam Silver did not do. He should have suspended him for the season. He's a despicable human being. I agree. Despicable. I, I, and then Mark Cuban trades for him, and he's Jewish. Despicable. Despicable organization. I'm in, I'm in full agreement with you, but the problem is you're saying they shouldn't use the platform. Well, he didn't to start that whole thing. Mm. He didn't. It was in a tweet, which you said was okay. But because Send he's an tweet, NBA player, is, he's going to get leverage. Which is exactly what I'm saying to you. He used his platform. I said it all ends up in the same place anyway. So what's the difference? Well, you know what? I, 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 I've just had enough of, you know, Kyrie Irving and his shenanigans. I've had enough of K. Andre Miller. Of course you have. <laughs> and the FUD. Enough of the FUD. Leave him alone, man. <laughs> I was willing to burn my $100 just so I could say, forget the FUD when the, when the Rangers lost tonight. They robbed me of that. I'll never, I'll never forget this night. They robbed me of that. You got your money though, Jeff. You, uh, yeah. Get your, get get your betting, uh, get get your betting cashing tickets. Uh, I'm on doing the pretty good today. I'm doing pretty good today. Although I did take a stupid bet. I took Georgetown getting eight, 18 and a half points, and they're down thirty-seven right now. <laughs> Holy God! Yeah, that sounds like the epitome of Georgetown basketball. <laughs> 18 and a half points is a lot of points. I know. I'm not denying that, but still. Holy Jesus. <laughs> it was 26 to 2 to start the game. What the hell? Mm. Who are they playing tonight? Uh, Creighton. Who, wow. by the way, okay. has no, they're a good team, but Creighton. still, uh, yeah, you're right. That's right. a big spread. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Creighton's a good team, but jeez, uh, this is yeah. just nasty. That's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Classic Jeff. Georgetown basketball. Jeff, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Terrible. man. Screw Keontae Miller. Speedy, take off that jersey. Never. <laughs> Jeff. No, I shouldn't say never. Oh. I'll take it I'll, I'll take it off later, but uh, not in his presence and not on the show. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I give him a lot of credit. He, he made some good arguments, but he always likes to flip things. He always, Jeff always does that. He's There are things that I respect about Jeff because he – he has his own thoughts and his opinion, but then he takes it to a whole nother level. He always does. He always takes it to a whole nother level. But, uh, you know, my, my Kyrie Irving view will always sit that it's just disgusting. He's a disgusting human being. And, 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 and for the NBA to sit there and let him get away with what he did and, and still to this day just doesn't want to apologize for what he did, is, he's a despicable person. So, um, whatever. Anyways, um, I would like to thank our very good uh, guests, uh, LeVar Arrington, ex-commander uh, and Giants linebacker. Fantastic interview. He was oh, yeah. fantastic. Thank you to uh, ex-athletics, Mets, and Giants catcher, our friend Bruce Maxwell, for joining us. He's driving home, winning the Mexico uh, championship over there. Uh, congratulations to yes. him and his team over there in Mexico. And he's had a little bit of power to his swing, so congratulations. Oh, yeah, he, he was mentioning that. He mentioned that, and also was uh, on Twitter mentioning it a lot. A lot. Of, he had a a lot of the uh, home runs he had a lot towards the end of the season too, so he's really really picking it up. And yeah, let's hope he gets signed on by a major league team. He definitely deserves it. And no, and, and Keith, no doubt, Jeff gave good points. I'm not taking shots at Jeff. I think he's a, he he's an educated person. 
Uh, tomorrow, the, the show will uh, begin at 9 p.m. So if for all the fans out there that are going to are waiting for the show next, what do we have tomorrow? All right, right, so definitively we have one. We're, uh, Rob Taub, our NHL.com uh, Islanders friend. Uh, oh. Well, he's from NHL.com, but he's mm-hmm. our uh, Islander fan. He'll he's be an returning. Guy, yep, yeah. he'll be on at 10 o'clock. We might have um, our Rangers guy, Kyle Hall, our USA hockey guy. We might have him tomorrow. His kid's been sick, so he's not sure yet yeah. if he could do it tomorrow. If, so hockey, a lot yeah, of hockey tomorrow. If, if we don't get him on, we'll have him next week. But A lot um, of hockey tomorrow as the trade deadline will be over tomorrow. Do the Rangers make another move? I doubt it. I mean, they've made enough moves. Patrick Kane heading to the Rangers. Uh, the Islanders, maybe they, Lou Lamorella has something up his sleeve. Who knows? Uh, they, he better have something up his sleeve if they if they expect to compete and continue to move forward with uh, you know this race. But uh, they need to make an act. They need to make a move where it's going to help them offensively until Barzell and Pajot come back. Uh, and even that could, might not be enough. So right. it, it's there's a lot of. Um, but what is it? What is Keith saying? I hate that he did. Errol, please remind me tomorrow. Love you, buddy. Absolutely, Keith. Uh, keep getting. Uh, obviously, Keith has been dealing with a lot of medical problems. Mm. Uh, obviously, he's like a father figure, a guy that uh, I've known for a very long time. He was my ex friend because I don't even talk. I don't speak to his son anymore, but uh, I still speak to him and a guy that uh, I, I, I've learned, uh, obviously, for years, respected, and, and I'm happy that he's getting better. Uh, big sports fan and a good man. Very good man. So I'm happy that he's getting better. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have a great show tomorrow. A lot of banter. I'm sure Jeff will have his eye. Haven't heard from Kenny. Uh, we we got to get Kenny on. He was crazy ass. Uh, but uh, Yes, I know Snug will love that. Yeah, maybe Kenny will come back on tomorrow. But uh, that'll be interesting. But talking about yeah. geese or dogs or whatever the heck. I, I know Kenny can't wait to see if, if somehow Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. Kenny already told me he wants to see Jeff eat the dog poop. Oh, uh, wow. So. <laughs> Maybe maybe uh, maybe maybe Kenny will uh, have his own theory of whether the Giants will pay. Daniel well, Jeff Jones. said he's going to do it. He said he's going to do it. He has no shame of doing. I give him a lot of credit. Yeah. he's going to stick to the bet. I, that's going to be disgusting. I know. It <laughs> is going I'm not to be. That. It's going to be he's absolutely. Gone, he's gone full disgusting. extreme Eagles fan. Yeah, listen, <laughs> he doesn't care. Uh, he told me what he has done before. So him eating dog crap means absolutely nothing to him. So. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> Keith says Kenny is with geese. Yes. Yeah, I, I, he's I, probably I, feeding the geese. Right ra- now. Raised by geese. Well, uh, good night to Keith. Uh, good night to everybody. Uh, again, we'll be back uh, 9 p.m. tomorrow night. Tune in uh, as all our fans throughout the country, all our platforms, everybody, tune in tomorrow. We, I'm sure more banter, more craziness. As always, good night. You're you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.